Monday evening as we fast approach the end of Lent, gentlemen. Right? The the time of giving up things and, um, you know, penance. How's the giving of wanking gone for you? It's gone tremendous, if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, not had not touched myself in nigh on a fortnight. Um, you know, I too much I too much wrestling watching to do in the last week to to even think about um, strumming the old. <laughs> I don't want you to end that. Strumming the old <laughs> that, the string guitar. Be. Oh my god! <laughs> with, with the, one of those things at the end of the guitar that you use to tune it. Uh, machine head. With the two machine heads. Um, oh, right. <laughs> with me, as always, are the um, <laughs> my fellow bandmates. First of all, Mister Paul Griffin. I'm just here beating the drum. <laughs> Um, and also Mr. Joe Towner here tinkling the old ivories (laughs) I pictured I pictured Joe more of a J.K. Simmons figure going not quite my tempo not quite my tempo (laughs) oh no it's terrible when you get the tempo wrong no it's terrible anyway we're back on this the 430th wow What happened? Oh, did you hear yourself in the head microphone? Got my microphone out there. I nearly got <laughs> carried away. Uh, it is near the end of Lent, so my hands were wandering, but don't worry, I got it back under control. Um, uh, we've got a hell of a podcast here for you this week, folks. All right, we got some life guff, we got a little bit of telly guff, and a whole fuck ton of wrestling to talk about, because obviously we're coming off hot off the heels of a very busy WrestleMania weekend. So let's just jump straight in it. Here, what's going on with the life guff, gentlemen? Well, did you guys ever had to have to give up in for Lent? Has that ever been enforced in your household? Oh, when, no. I was a, when I was a kid, and when I was in school... It was like they would always remind you of the importance of it, but enforced is definitely not the word I would use because you would always do the thing of, oh, I'm giving up chocolate. And like a, like a week later, I'd be eating chocolate and my mom would just kind of roll her eyes and say, aren't you supposed to be giving that up? But we weren't, we weren't devout enough that we would actually stick to it. Because I think we did in my house when I was younger. Um, I remember one year video games was given up and that was just... Oh, oh. The little um, Super Nintendo going unplayed. I was like, no. Yeah, I think chocolate is like the classic one, isn't it? Because you you eventually have the payoff of the Easter eggs. That's the hardest one as well, though, because all the fucking... Well, we just were talking about the old wanking, Joe. Um, I reckon I could probably go a month without chocolate. But who's who's, who's monitoring the wanking? Like, if you say, oh, I'm giving up wanking... The little baby Jesus, of course. The uh, the neighbours, when he stands at the window... (laughs) <laughs> right now, I don't mean to be telling tales, but I seem to believe that we are still observing Lent. And I saw young Joe um, beating away like a, like a happy little monkey, like a little uh, like, like I believe I believe the expression goes a little monkey playing a one stringed guitar. Um, and and you know I know you wouldn't approve of that. And, and just Mrs. Towner is going to oh that is shameful. I, I, 
just out of curiosity, how did this come up in conversation? Well, I was just, you know, I've seen in your gutters, which is not a, which is not a metaphor, by the way. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Speaking of that, Joe, you went to see Michelle Obama or something, right? <laughs> Speaking of gutters, being. Speaking- Um, Speaking yeah, of wanking, how was that? Um, there was there was no wanking, oh. not not the O2. They're very strict about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we couldn't we couldn't tape yesterday because I forgot we we booked tickets to go see Michelle Obama. She's doing a kind of book tour at the moment and doing some events where she's being kind of interviewed and doing Q and As. So you have this huge event at the the O2 Arena in London, uh, which where they, which is where they typically do the Raw and SmackDown. Uh, lots of other events. Um, so yeah, it was huge. About fifteen thousand people uh, packed into the O2. Um, we were quite far away from the stage. I'll be honest. I'm not 100 percent convinced it was her. Um, <laughs> you, you, you never know if they're just playing some tape on the big screens, and then they could have anyone on the stage. Is really. this like the Kane Ultimate Warrior um, conspiracy theories that there's more than one Michelle Obama? No, so you're like, you're like no. You're going to see like the Tupac hologram because if you're that far away, <laughs> you could. No, this was more like uh, Hulk Hogan and the Wall. Like, it's Michelle Obama, brother. Like, I'm there straining to see her. Um, but it, was, it was very fun. She was interviewed by Mr. Stephen Colbert, who oh. came over to do the interview, which was. Really oh, wow, he came in for that. Wow. Yeah. Um, so it was a big draw, big house. Must have been a million pound house, easy, you know. Uh, yeah. Well done, Michelle. Um, but yeah, it was fun. She just answered questions about kind of, uh, you know, being in the White House, her experiences. Um, they talked a lot about, you know, what it was like to be the first lady. It would have been nice to hear a bit more about her kind of uh, earlier career before getting into that. They didn't really get into that. I guess most people want to hear about the, you know, the presidential stories. But um, yeah, it was good. And it's all, she's got this kind of message about, you know, finding inspiration in yourself and that kind of thing so it was, it was interesting um went on a bit late though we sat there quarter past eight on a sunday and she's you know still not on a bit annoying but uh yeah otherwise pretty pretty good how long did she go i was good two hours i'd mm. say right. yeah um didn't get boring at any point really it was it was quite enjoyable i think people started leaving early just because so obviously really tight security, much more tight than a, a typical concert. So, you know, going through metal detectors and things like that. Um, so you had to get, we got there about six o'clock and it didn't start till 8.15. Mm. Um, so people had been there for like four hours, I think even longer. Um, so yeah, but apart from that, it was, it was a lot of fun. Good. What were you, Paul? Oh, I had a very bad experience the other day. Well, a funny one, but a bad one ultimately. I went shopping for tracksuit bottoms uh, during the weekend. Well, actually, I went shopping for other things as well, but uh, my journey brought me to buy some tracksuit bottoms. So I had just mm-hmm. come out of Next, where I bought some nice black jeans. 33 euro, not too bad. And uh, the last pair of tracksuit bottoms I got, I got in pennies. Or Primark, and uh, they tore up the legs. I've not had a pair of good tracksuit bottoms for like maybe a year. So I went to uh, Lifestyle Sports on Henry Street, and they only have the ones that are like kind of baggy at the top and taper at the leg. And I, 
it. Oh yeah. I want those ones. They're there for like cool hip hop stars. <laughs> Not like showing okay. their socks their socks off. Kind of, yeah. You know, the the they're they're the more kind of um I guess like pajama pants style. Like they're they're like a very like felty cotton fabric. They're, like they're 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 made more for comfort than sport, I, I feel. But I, I I just want your simple nylon straight legged taxi yeah, yeah. bottoms like they used to be in the old Back early in 2000s. The 90s. You know what I mean? So they didn't have any lifestyle. They only had these little baggy top half, really tight bottom half ones. So I get away out of that. So I went over to um, JD Sports, and I found a nice pair. Pretty much right up my street. I said, I'll get those. Uh, rookie mistake. Didn't look at the price of them. Just oh, assumed. Yeah. Just assumed. Maybe at 25, 30 at the most. Um, got in the queue. And, of course, there was some stupid woman who... Did that thing where they they get to the front of the queue and then decide, oh no, I've not finished my shopping actually, and they disappear <laughs> for like ten minutes, holding up stuff. So I, I was getting you know, angry. I was f- fuming away in the queue. There. Oh, what? Oh no way! That's unlike you to get angry in a queue. Woman, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I finally get to the front and give me give the checks if I was cross. Just have them, please. They they take the little tag off, put them in a the bag. And scan them, and then like this, this code comes up on the little you know price display thing. The code comes up. My brain doesn't think. It, my brain says, "All right, the price will come up now in a second. Uh, <laughs> that was the fucking price. <laughs> you thought it was Jericho or something? <laughs> uh, probably that stupid bitch from before. <laughs> so. I mean, when I saw, I'm going to say, when I saw a 9000 come up. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. But here's the thing, right? I'm In my head, it's too late now to turn back. Yeah. No. I've already brought them up. I've already said, I want these. And she got well, actually, no, yeah, you're right, it is. Why, I mean, my, my question is, why the fuck didn't you check? How do you not check? Yeah, stupidity, Barry. Stupidity. <laughs> so I ended up buying them. So now I've got these tracksuit bottoms that are nice, and I've been wearing them, but every time I wear them, I look at them and go, these cost 90 euro. Yeah, that's madness. That's Nine T euro. Yeah. What's that surprisingly in... expensive, though. When I... I was trying to get some tracksuit bottoms before, and I was I looked at the price, and I was, it wasn't quite that that expensive. That is a hundred and two dollars. Like I thought it'd be kind of cheap because you don't yeah. expect tracksuit bottoms to be expensive. Seventy-eight more expensive. pounds like sterling. Proper trousers. Well, you just have to wear them to like all your important events now. Paul. I'll be wearing them to my wedding at this rate. If anyone, if anyone questions it, just <laughs> just leave the price tag on. <laughs> I have the receipt in my wallet. Okay. I'll be like, here you go, ninety euro. <laughs> Like three times the cost of the jeans I bought. Why didn't you go to someone like where was lifestyle? You said was it Uh, JD? JD. Well, I mean that's kind of your first tip. Why didn't you go to like pennies? 
Well, I got my previous ones in pennies, and they tore up the leg within like a month. So I wanted to get some good ones. Well, that's why that's why you buy six at a time for that same price. <laughs> um, yeah, that's brutal. You know who went on a similar rant like a, two years ago on on Twitter? One Mister One Mister Joe Bray. Oh. Uh, Complaining that he couldn't find, and he spelled, and he put it in all caps, men's tracksuit bottoms. He was very annoyed. He's obviously having some trouble where he saw some nice ones and they were for ladies. Well, he's also got fucking <laughs> big old muscle legs. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you you know, you got nice, nice pair of walkers on you. You know, <laughs> good thing he wasn't at the Obama thing. Fucking work. You're going two hours long. Quick. <laughs> take it home, take it home, take Fo- it home. Foxy, tell her to um, get home. <laughs> Foxy, tell her to get the fuck off the stage. <laughs> oh, what a week it's been for the old life, Goff. Eh? Anyway, what else? What else have we been up to? Uh, well, I've done shag all. I mean, I've done absolutely nothing. Um, Excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to Manchester this weekend, isn't it? Oh, what's happening in Manchester? Uh, I'm well, going United to the final night. Say what? <laughs> Apart from United match, is there a United match next weekend? Is there a United match on? I don't know. I just thought I watched the United match this past weekend. Do they bloody play every weekend? Do they? Jesus. Um, <laughs> but um, I'm going to the final night of the uh, Dream Tag Team Invitational at Fight Club Pro. Um, I'm only doing the final night because the first two are in like Wolverhampton, and I couldn't be arsed going there and then going to Manchester. Plus, it's expensive. Um, so yeah, I'm going there for that. Uh, Park will be there. Uh, Phoenix and Pentagon and um, Hollow Wicked from Chikara and loads of cool people like that. So I'm looking forward to that. So I won't be here. <laughs> I won't be here again for this show. Um, but yeah, so looking forward to that. So I've kind of been a bit on the QT here uh, in the run up to that. But I'm looking forward to it. So we can probably jump into some of our, our various guffs there if we want to move on. Okay. Which one do you want to do? Well, you're the host, aren't you? All right, I think so. Um, Post. Why don't we do, for the day that's in it, why don't we jump straight into Teleguff and talk a little bit about that new episode of a little program you might have heard of called The Game of the Thrones. I just finished watching it before uh, this broadcast. I ain't watched it yet, (laughs) because... What? Game of Thrones, isn't it? Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Sorry. Good. I'm sorry. Yeah, good good show. You watched it, Joe, already? Yeah, of course. All right. All right, you two lads discuss it, so. It was good. Good, wasn't it? Yeah, good. Good show. <laughs> Do you want to go to anyone? I don't care. So just talk about it amongst you. Well, no, but there's not. I mean, there's, I mean, maybe someone listening cares. I mean, we don't need to spoil it to... Yeah. to to talk about it, but I don't, I don't know if it was especially newsworthy. I saw some people... Massive spoilers, were there, really? No. Um, I saw some people say, when, when, one of the first reactions I saw when I woke up this morning was people complaining that it was boring. I wouldn't say it was boring. I thought well, it was good. Their, their first episode of the series, obviously I haven't seen this new one, but they're nearly always, like, set-up episodes, aren't they? Yeah. It's a reset episode, usually. Yeah. It's a lot of people arriving places. Yeah. Uh, this... <laughs> It's like a it, red carpet show before the the Oscars. It's just people yeah. showing up. It's like um, it's like a lot of this episode was people who haven't seen each other in like literally seasons and seasons and seasons. Uh, meeting, I'm going, oh, my lord, oh, 
the lady. You know, it's a, a lot of that for, yeah. for this mm. first episode. Um, and, and getting the wheels in motion for what this season's going to be. And for that, it was fine. Well, they um, want to hurry the fuck up. They've only got like five episodes left. Um, they no, they got s- seven, don't they? Yeah, but one's um, done now. How many is it all, all together this season? I think yeah, but it's Game, of Th- it's Game of Thrones. They always take their time. They've only know, got six the- episodes this season. And then that's the end yeah. of the show. Yeah, five more. Is it five? Wow, I thought it was... Because I thought it was... Wasn't it originally going to be four two-hour ones? Wasn't that the plan? And then they changed it back to one hour, and so I thought it was going to be eight. No, six. No. Okay, well, anyway. But yeah, you know, but they... But yeah, they... they they had an episode putting all the pieces in place. And, yeah. yeah. Then it's going to... Yeah, explode. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, no, it was good. It was a, it was a good... Uh, it was a good setup for for things to come. Lots, uh, of, uh, lots of callbacks to the very first episode as well. Uh, yes. Season. So, lots of parallels. It's uh, like poetry, they rhyme, you know. Separate all rhymes. My brother, speaking of Game of Thrones, was talking to me today about watching, because he stopped watching after season four, mm. about catching up with it, since it's, again, kind of, a, it's the last season, a big event thing, to start watching it again, catch up, and I was yeah. like, I don't think you could have picked the worst place to kind of drop off, because to me, season five is like the worst, most boring uh, season. Yeah. That is <laughs> so. I was like, the absolute shite. <laughs> you have ten Just hours of ten hours of Danny dealing oh. with the sons of the harpy and Arya yeah. in the faceless men. The fucking oh. house of black and the, I like yeah. I like Arya training to be an assassin. I like that. And the rest of that there was like no very... payoff to the whole storyline. Wait, wait, it's probably going to come. What do you mean? She killed Walder Frey. Dude, she could have done that without a season of bollocks behind it. No, she couldn't. She's a little, little teeny baby girl. She had to go through the training. Wow. Yeah. And she's probably... I, I was wondering, I was thinking, where, what's the roadmap for this season? And I was like, well, we probably got to get that mask off the... Uh, I was about to say the wall. The mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it's the mountain. It's, be the mountain. it's the mountain. Um, you probably got to get that mask off so we can have a big gruesome reveal and then he probably has to die. And I was like, who's going to kill him? And I was like, most likely Arya. I mean, that would make sense because you wouldn't expect it. Um, and that's that's the ultimate payoff for that, I would imagine. Or the mask would come off and it'd be Vince McMahon. No. It was me, Arya. It was me, Um. So, what score would you give it out of 10? Uh, eight. That's a very good uh, score. I go seven and a half because there was a scene with the dragons that I really didn't like. Okay. But, um, yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, that was, that was shite. But, um, yeah. Right, well, I'll watch the episode at some point this week, and we can Good. we can maybe discuss it next week in more detail. And of course, the new episode will be coming out, so we'll see that. I, uh, I just watched on the old television this week. Yeah, I started, I started watching the Twilight Zone. The, uh, oh yeah, the uh, quote-unquote Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. I mean, he's in it <laughs> a little bit. I'm not sure how much, like, 
other influence he has over because he's he's an executive producer on it along with like seven other people mm. uh it's quite good though i i do enjoy it um so there's been three episodes out so far this is of course on the cbs streaming gimmick cbs all access yeah. um first episode was called the comedian starring uh kumail nanjini nanjiani i should say excuse me um and it, it was just super long super super long like to me the twilight zone episodes this is my kind of my one problem with it, is that the episodes are all too long twilight zone should be like 22 minutes six minutes uh like the the first episode, the comedian was fifty five minutes long. Oh, for, now that's Black Mirror territory. For, you know, but Twilight, Twilight Zone, especially for a show that is ostensibly about like getting uh, the concept out there and then hitting you with a twist ending. Like that's what the Twilight Zone is for all intents and purposes. And some of the episodes have definitely felt kind of stretched out, which doesn't you know play into the kind of shock value of the reveals because. It's it's stretched out so long that you kind of enough have enough time to, to think about it and work it out. Uh, so the first episode is probably the weakest um, and the longest, but I quite enjoyed the other two. The second one is Nightmare at three, uh, thirty thousand feet, which of course is a playoff, uh, the famous Nightmare at twenty thousand feet, the William Shatner one from the original series. And it's oh, like, I was going to say, like I was going to say, is it a remake? Or? No, it's like a it's like a modern twist on the same idea. Okay. Um, it was very good. I quite enjoyed it. And then the latest one was called Replay, uh, which was about a woman, a black woman and her son who have like run-ins with this, not explicitly stated, but implied racist uh, policeman. And she has a camcorder what lets her re- like go back in time. Um, now, the thing with the Twilight Zone is, and it's probably especially true of that, true of that last one is, the concepts are always going to be kind of hokey because it's the Twilight Zone after all. Like, I find that it it's kind of difficult to take seriously, but you have to kind of accept that it's the Twilight Zone and it's always going to be a little bit hokey and a little bit silly. But if you can kind of put that in your mind, especially with the last two episodes, like I said, Nightmare at 30,000 Feet and Replay, they're, they're both very good for what they are, which is like, again, popcorn kind of silly sci-fi drama you know like I said I wish the episodes were a bit shorter because they do feel kind of bloated but it's fun and it's it's nice without being too kind of must watch you know it's not like because they're all it's an anthology series and each episode is a different story there's not really something for you to hold on to with like something that's more serialized like Game of Thrones where you have your favorite characters and you have you know story that goes from episode to episode this is very singular all, kind of short the strength, movies almost. the strength of the concept it's all the strength of the concept and that's kind of where it lives or dies so I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm guessing as it goes forward it'll be a bit hit, hit and miss some of them will be less good some of them will be better so far they're two out of three which to me yeah, is I, good. I remember I did, a few years ago I downloaded a couple of seasons of the old sort of Twilight Zone because I was seen an episode of it and i was quite intrigued yeah i mean probably one good episode out of about 20 <laughs> there's all the really like memorable ones that people have heard of like the, the one with the box and the the one on the plane and then it's just a load of old shite for about 10 episodes but yeah well, it's funny because um, there's a few series that are kind of 
like the Twilight Zone. You have um, The Outer Limits, of course. Mm. Uh, Tales from the Crypt? Was that kind of a similar? Yeah, yeah, that's more like horror, sort of. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good. I'm enjoying it. And I'm going to continue watching it. Because so far, it's been more hits than misses. Uh, I do wish that they would keep it closer to like 30, 35 minutes than like 55. Because yeah. it is too long. I believe what the original series did as well is it was it was like an hour show, but it would have two stories in it. So it would be like two 22-minute episodes. I think that's kind of the perfect Yeah. Thing. So maybe they'll move towards that eventually. But it is good. I'm enjoying it. And Jordan Peele is in it for like 30 seconds an episode. <laughs> and he shows up and does his little... Oh, does he do the intro? He just Yeah, he does the intro. The following uh, story is fictional. Yeah. Or is it? As their journey takes a path through the Twilight Zone. And of course he does a little, like almost a nod and a wink. He's like, oh, the Twilight Zone. Oh. Ooh, Twilight Zone. Oh. Do you know who would be better at it? What was your man from UTV? <laughs> this Joe, this this reference might be lost on you, Joe, but Julian. Uh, Julian. What was his name? <laughs> to give you a little backstory, right, Joe? Uh, UTV, which is the the Northern Irish ITV, mm. had this host Julian. I don't remember his, his surname. Don't remember his surname. Uh, fine here, Julian Julian Simmons. And he was a super camp, uh, like, gay announcer who would do the little, like, items for the various shows. And he was, like, very serious and very straight. Like, straightforward. Not, not straight in the sexuality, <laughs> obviously. But whenever Carnation Street would come on, he would turn, like, super gay. And he'd go... Yeah, he really have <laughs> He'd go, uh, so, to, you know what? <clears throat> I was trying to do his accent and then cough at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> He go, oh, it's wee little Charlie's uh, birthday there. So it is a nine carnation screen. And he'd turn it to yeah. him. He'd get kind of sassy. It would be like, <laughs> and of course, that'll be the weather for tomorrow. But now on the UTV. Uh, Barry's got it perfect. Richard <laughs> Madeley's back. And our Deirdre is getting on to his ways. <laughs> what was his name again? Julian Simmons. Julian, I'm going to Google him. <laughs> yeah, I'm, there's definitely, I haven't seen it, but I can guess there's probably compilations of him segueing to Coronation Street <laughs> on. But now on the UTV. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <sighs> now, these stories are fictional, <laughs> but there may be some lessons we can learn about our society <laughs> on mm, the Twilight Zone. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. <laughs> anyway moving on uh, okay that's telling off Joe you didn't see any telling that's such a niche, a niche reference uh, that no one will fucking get so apart from us two and maybe the one or two Irish people who listen to this yeah, <laughs> who are old Any enough to remember UTV from the fucking from a decade and a half ago? Ugh. <laughs> What's next? 
Uh, I guess we could do uh, movie guff because there's not really there's not really games or uh, or the uh, or, or the the musicals this week. Um, well, I've just uh, been playing one game. I guess I mentioned quickly before we go on. While Joe watches Julian Simmons videos, okay. <clears throat> uh, I've been playing Yoshi's Crafted World on the Switch. Okay, picked it up. The other day. I played the demo, quite enjoyed it, so I picked it up uh, on the digital store, and it's. Very nice. It's um, the thing it reminds me most of. Obviously, it's very similar to the old Yoshi games, Yoshi's Island, a bit of Paper Mario, and all that in there. But it reminds me a lot of um, it's like a two D um, Astrobot. In that, it's like a lot of collecting stuff that is kind of hidden throughout the level. So you get, for example, find the find the five little cardboard fish, and. I found like four of them and I was just going back and forth through the level trying to find this last little thing. And you have to kind of look in the backgrounds of the levels and try and stomp things out of the way and break bricks so you can see what's behind them. And like, obviously Astrobot was my favorite game of last year. And it's nice to have a game that kind of replicates that feeling. While not being as amazing an experience as Astrobot was, it's a, a very relaxing, simple game. It's not very difficult, but. Uh, like to beat the levels or anything but it, it does uh, reward you for beating the levels with like full health and stuff so it encourages to almost try and do it perfectly um, but yeah I'm very early into it I've 100%ed the first three levels but uh, it's super enjoyable super simple and uh, it's great if you're interested in maybe testing it out just download the demo there's a free demo on the Nintendo shop and that's like the first level and a bit and if you like it you can pick up the game I would say it's definitely one to pick up when it eventually uh, if you can find it on sale anywhere, it's very, very good. Alrighty. Uh, will we jump in to the movie golf? Go on. Um, I watched a new release. <gasps> it just came out, I believe, last week. I watched the 2019 reboot of Hellboy, the original two films directed by. Guillermo del Toro. Mm -hmm. This movie directed by some fucking loser. Guillermo del Toro. (laughs) This movie fucking sucks. (laughs) It was so bad. It was actually way worse than I was expecting based on the trailers, which looked bad. Um, It is a... It's like... It's they've got they've got like three. I'm going to start spoiling it because it's stupid and you shouldn't see it. There's okay. like three different like plots of movies going, and it's like they squeezed a trilogy into one film, maybe because they knew it was going to bomb. Um, there's like it's basically just they redo the origin story, of course, um, uh, and Hellboy basically has to do battle with Mila Jovovich, who's an evil witch. And then halfway through the film, he's transported to an alternate dimension where Baba Yaga is, which is like an actual real-world mythological creature, I'm fairly sure. Um, And he makes a deal with her to help defeat the witch, which then has absolutely zero play into the actual finale of the film. And that's abandoned. And then in order to get a weapon to defeat her, he has to go on a quest to... Um, find basically Merlin uh, uh, to show him where Excalibur is because he's going to use Excalibur to kill the witch. Uh, both the Baba Yaga scene and the scene with Merlin, those are both scenes in this movie and they're about 
three minutes long and that's it and it's like these it's like they're just burning through stuff they burn through the character's intro there's swerves about his origin story that mean absolutely nothing because the, the character is so rushedly explained it's less than two hours long and they're just throwing shit at you and it's like unbelievable and all, all the all the writing is just so extremely on the nose and 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 the cg one of the one of the few highlights of the film is that there's some decent action. They they went kind of hard on the on the, the blood and gore front. It's you know 16 rating. It seemed like it was kind of pushing an 18 at the time. I was kind of surprised it wasn't. Um, so that's kind of the closest thing they have to unique selling point. But the CG is terrible, um, and and a bunch of fairly basic performances. It was it was shit. I mean it was so bad. Um, so that was a big old dud. Um, following some decent, I saw some decent films, which I think I talked about the last time I was on the show. Did I talk about Shazam the last time I was here? No, that was now. Yeah, yeah. So Shazam is Shazam is good, and Pet Cemetery is all right and stuff like that. But Hellboy, uh, Hellboy is is pretty comfortably in in front running for for the worst film I've seen of excuse me of twenty nineteen so far, and probably one of the worst comic book things I've seen um, in a number of years. In a number of years. So, uh, yeah, that's that. That's the only movie I saw uh, uh, this week. Um, well, I saw three movies this week. Uh, I was going through my letterbox lists. And for the majority of them, I've either seen all the movies on the lists already. So, like, Chris Nolan films, Wes Anderson films, um, etc., uh, except for my Pixar list, there was there were two emissions for my Pixar lists, and that was Cars Two and Cars Three. So I just decided, for completionist sake, I might as well watch them. Um. So to keep it short and sweet, uh, I mean Cars Two is dreadful. Um, <laughs> it's it's so lazy <laughs> and stupid. And um, it doesn't help as well that Mater, the character played by Larry the Cable Guy, is like the main character. And it's just awful. Uh, Cars 3 in comparison is like, okay. Um, but the Cars universe is so poorly thought out. And I just can't get into it at all. Like, the idea... The idea behind the first movie kind of makes sense to me. You know, cars, cars, when I was a kid, I used to think, oh, cars look like they have faces. What if they could talk to each other? Um, but they've really not gone any further into it than that thought. Like, <laughs> they've not developed the universe. No. <laughs> so Cars with faces. Cars with faces who talk and race for some reason. And then the second movie is like a spy film. And it's... Michael Caine is it. It's it's just atrocious. And then the third one goes back to being a racing movie, but it's like, you know, Lightning McQueen is too old. The new faster cars are beating him in the races. And it's almost a bit like, um, like Rocky Five in a sense. But, uh, again, like the car, I just can't get into the other. I just, I, I wish that there was more thought put into it than there is. And the movies just aren't particularly memorable or funny or good. So, Cars 2 and 3 are actually my bottom two Pixar films. Now, Cars 3, I don't think, is all that bad. I think I went like a four on it or something. Cars 2 is properly, properly bad. Um, and easily the worst Pixar film. And then I watched a movie that Barry, I think, reviewed on this show a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah. Escape Room. 
Why did you watch that? I like at least the, I understand the completionism of cars. Why did you watch Escape Room? Um, well, I had downloaded it, and uh, I was coming on the train home from work today, and I had no TV shows to watch. So I said, well, I might as well watch a movie." Uh, so it was the shortest movie I had on my tablet. Um, at the start, I was kind of like, you know, this isn't so bad. It's a bit of fun. Um, surprise, surprise. <laughs> I thought the last 15 minutes or so were terrible. Yeah. Uh, like, it's funny. I'm going to spoil Escape Room here, but like Barry did. Who gives a shit? It's, it's not good. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I went yeah. a three out of ten on or something. It was really bad. Yeah. Right, the end, there's like a reveal. For those who don't know, Escape Room is like Saw for babies because there's like no gore in it, except for me, I could watch. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the other thing that I think I mentioned in the review. It's, it's, I mentioned Hellboy. I was surprised it wasn't 18s. I, I was shocked Escape Room wasn't 12s. It is the tamest 16-rated movie I've ever seen in my life. It's very, very and tame. As the, as, and as the name implies, it's it's basically taking all the fun and intrigue out of, out of Saw by just putting it in an actual escape room. But at the end, it's like there's there's a reveal of like the the game's master behind it all. And it's funny because they shoot him first from behind, right? And he's got kind of a soft-spoken, I guess, like Gary Oldman-esque voice. I guess, yeah. And then he just turns around and it's just some nobody. <laughs> I... I was like, oh, well, that's a disappointment. It's just nobody. It's just some guy. And what is, it's funny because the way they shoot it, like I say, it's you hear his voice first in the shadows. And then you see like his back as he's like attending to something. And I'm thinking, is this going to be like a character from one of their pasts or a character who's died and was actually in on it the whole time? That would be a little bit too on the nose and close to Saw. Um, no, just just nobody. Just some guy. And then they just kill him anyway. And then like to really put like like to really you know have it on the nose there's even a mysterious fucking mastermind behind it like jigsaw i was like oh good lads oh. at least tr- try and not you know have the homework exactly copied but it's so so close to saw that it, it was kind of shameless um i thought some of the action scenes were fun like i liked the when they're in the upside down um like bar yeah. room like i thought that scene was, was quite well done well i know but and this was the thing i was i was talking to nat earlier that probably at this stage i've i've actually built saw up in my head to be more than it really is and i I could probably watch it it would be fine but um it wasn't very good (laughs) apart from that it just wasn't very good Uh, and the dialogue was awful and the lead actress was dreadful yeah um some of her lines oh yay and the thing with these kind of movies, this is my, again, having not seen a Saw film, right? What I would think you would want to do here is make the characters all, like, relatable and likable. So that, you know, when they when they in, you know invariably get picked off one by one, you kind of care. Uh, all the characters in this movie are dickheads. So, you know, who cares when they die? <laughs> They're, like, all jerks. So... Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't very good. It was not very good. So no. avoid. Watch Escape Plan instead. That's a great movie. <laughs> or Panic Room. There we go, Jodie Foster. She's not a great movie. It's not a right movie. Watch just just watch Room. Yeah. 
The room. <laughs> yes, actually, there you go. That's it. Or, yeah, The Room or Room, either one. <laughs> There's lots of room movies. Just hmm. pick a room movie, really. And... Nice uh, room. Green Room? Yeah. That's, is that the one with a racist bloke and then he's not racist? Yeah, uh, Patrick. Um, no, that's Carriage. Green Book you're thinking of. Oh. <laughs> oh. The man who's racist and then isn't racist. No, no, no. In, in Green Room, they're definitely racist. Yeah, and they're still racist at the end. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, yeah it's, not a, it's not a white guilt movie. <laughs> God, I'd love that director's cut. That'd be something. Um, anyway. Uh, did anyone anyone watch a good movie this week? No, I watched Hocus Pocus. That's the, good. Uh, 1993 kids movie about three witches that come to uh, modern day uh, Salem. Uh, yeah. I've never seen it. I've strangely never seen it before. Even though I was probably the right age for it. But, uh, I've never seen Hocus Pocus either. It. it was kind of fun. It was very much a TV movie. I'm not surprised it wasn't a particularly successful movie. Mm. Um, three witches are really good. you got Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and that the other woman who's in things. They're all good, but then the, the kids are useless. Kids are shit. Jesus. Yeah. Kids are shit. Bad actors, bad characters. Shite. Um, yeah, it would be a good TV movie. Not good. And a blockbuster movie. All right. All That's a fairly, fairly tepid week for a movie. <laughs> but uh, next time we're all together, not... Um, Little, little connection for you, though. Uh, Doug Jones is in Hocus Pocus. And he was also the fish boy in the original Hellboy. There you go. Full oh, circle. Okay. I actually wanted to re-watch the original Hellboy. I, I saw it when it came out. I haven't seen it since, and I haven't seen the sequel ever. I wanted to re-watch him uh, before I watched this new one, and I think I'm glad I didn't, because it would have made the new one just... I like Even. the original Hellboy. I actually don't like the sequel that much. And a lot of people prefer uh, the sequel. But I don't really get it. I think the, sequel, the sequel's a bit more kind of generic-y. And, I don't know. Do, do watch them, though, Barry. The first one especially is real good. Mm. Uh, so, will we move on to... Oh, sorry, I was going to say there, actually, just... Uh, uh, I won't be here next week, but the next time we're all together, we'll be living in a post-Avengers world. Ooh, so we'll have to talk about that. Also, just as an aside, uh, one of the more kind of buzzworthy indie films of last year, Eighth Grade is out in Irish cinemas next week, Paul. Mm. Uh, which I never saw. I don't know if you no, went out your way to it. it last year. Well, no, I, I never pirate films, unless they're shite. Oh, yeah, sorry. Or Oscar-nominated. Uh, Go on. But, but yeah, so... Uh, Lots of, hopefully some good films on the horizon after this week. Mm, good. I mean, the um, Missing Link is out now, which is the new Leica film. They're the, the ones who did Coraline and Kubo, the two strings. So very excited for that. Is that by them? I didn't know. Oh, well, I, I saw the trailers for that. That looks all right. Apparently it's really good. Uh, yeah. of, uh, of, of such pedigree. Mm. Um, but yeah. Uh, and also, what's that country music one? Some people seem to like that. Um yeah, whatever it's called. It's uh, so, yeah, so yeah, maybe we, we just picked a bad week to watch a lot of shite. Um, Endgame's 181 minutes long. Oh, yeah, oh. three hours. Who's, who's booking this? Vince, fuck it up. <laughs> Don't three tell hours of this shit. I, and I'm going to the double bill as well. 
Oh, oh man. I went to see the three Godfather, Godfather films back to back to back, and it's probably fucking longer than that. No, there's no way. Wait, right. actually, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, I have an email, by the way. Let me get it out of here. Because Infinity War, Infinity War was two and a half, that, or longer even. That was a fucking long film, but it was great. Anyway, go on. I have an email from uh, El Hijo del Scott McAvoy. Uh, subject, five guys and a pick one. He says, good evening, Paul. I've heard you mention going to Five Guys over there, and I'm curious how the menu differs to what it is here. Uh, do they have Cajun fries there? I think they do, don't they? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, I've got a no here, but I think when you get when you pick in your fries, you can choose to have the seasoning. Yeah. Cajun or not? Yeah. Uh, hot dogs? Do they have hot dogs? Yeah. 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 Just, just, yeah. Uh, which Scott's had and says is pretty good. I'm not really a hot dog guy myself, so. Hot dog. Uh, veggie burger? Can you have a veggie burger in Five Guys? I'm sure yeah, they do. Nasty scene, yes. You can tell how much I pay attention to the various <laughs> options because I just get plain chips and a burger, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Scott's just curious, as I know companies change menu items between countries, so apparently not when it comes to Five Guys. Also, have any of the crew who has been to America been to Chick-fil-A? I've never been to Chick-fil-A, even though I've been to America. Nancy's, no, me neither. Nancy says she wants to go. I've been to Chick Fil A a few times, but, and it? it's very good. I think I reviewed it on the show before uh, when I when I last went. Um, yeah, it's very good. Something that I think would do well here because it's kind of chicken, but a bit different. It's not your fried chicken, which is usually what we get. Uh, yeah, a bit more, a bit more like a Nando's because it's kind of you get grilled chicken and different types of chicken. Uh, but really good. And they have the sauces, the free sauces of all different Lovely. calibers, which are which are great. Um, yeah, yeah, big thumbs up. They do little waffles instead of chips as well. Yeah, they have the waffle fries. More um, and you can get well, a really good scoop of this or something. So. The, the Americans, they, um, you know, they're they're not afraid to to have fast food without their chips. It's very interesting to me. Um, I don't know if this is still the case. Maybe Scott can correct me, but I believe their KFCs still don't do chips. They do everything else. Basically, they do mash and stuff like that. Good lord. It's great, which is crazy to me because it's like not because I have to have the chips, but because the of, of all the foods, you wouldn't get mash from a chipper, would you? From a fast food place? No. I mean that sounds that sounds terrible, but I'm sure it's fine. But it just sounds bad to, to our our um, European ears. But um, when I went to, um, I got chicken in Bojangles over in the states, and I did get the biscuit, as they call it. Um, which was unusual to me because again, it's just you know here's bread with your chicken, but I'd say it was quite nice. Uh, they serve it to you piping hot, so you put your butter on there. It's all melty. Yeah, American. Yeah, Americans. They know how to do their chicken. Um, yeah, biscuit. Did you say, yeah, just looks like a scone is... to me, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. To us, basically. Okay. Uh, Scott goes on. Here's your pick one for the week. Uh, so we have the three actors here. Closer one, I think, this week. Um, ben Affleck, who no one likes, surely. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, who I don't particularly like. Mm. And then Josh Brolin, who I guess I like, but I don't know that I like many of his movies. Uh, I think I think Josh Brolin's a pretty easy pick there. He's in The Avengers uh, and that, isn't he? What else? Uh, Sicario. No Country for Old Men, Sicario, Inherent Vice. Yeah, like I, I don't think I don't think he has the the breadth of, of a catalog, but he's in he's in a lot of bangers. Deadpool two, which I quite enjoyed as Deadpool well. Deadpool two, yeah. Uh, um, ben Affleck, he was in uh, Goodwill Hunting. 
Argo. That's pretty much it. Gone Baby, yeah. Gone Baby Gone, which I enjoy. Uh, no, he wasn't in that. He only directed that. Uh, ben Affleck's a bit shit, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. What's Ryan Reynolds been in? He was in Just Friends. Oh, he's been so much shite. It's kind of miraculous that he's as popular as he is after, after everything he's been in. Yeah. He was in... Even Buried, which is quite good. He was in... I like, really like Buried. So. He was in Green Lantern, Deadpool, Deadpool 2. That's pretty much it again. I don't know that any of these are any good, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, D- Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I think we got Josh Brolin. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's an across-the-board pick for once here. Yeah. yeah, that's me. Email. I have an email also from Scott. He says so. He actually has a, an interesting follow-up here on the. Uh, remember we talked about the Stadia and the whole idea of publishers turning off, uh, you know, their service mm. and, and what have you. Which, by the way, that reveal was weeks ago. We still have not had any clarification as to what you buy into or what you pay for when it comes to Stadia. Just as a FYI. Uh, Scott says I bought Dark Spore when it came out and enjoyed it right up until the point EA decided the game didn't sell well enough and turned off the servers since the game needs the servers to play I can no longer play the game I paid $50 for I was actually talking with a local developer here and when I asked him when his company would be producing games first uh, his answer is I need to see what their business model will be first I assume that's a reference to, uh, to oh it is yeah sorry that's a reference to the Stadia uh, yeah that's that is the uh, that's the million dollar question that sucks about the um uh, about that uh, that game, I, I was not I was not aware that was an entirely uh, uh, server powered game. The the, the 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 scary thing is like because there's other examples as well. I mean like uh, Mag, which is a often forgotten about. I think it's PS very early PS3 or late PS2. It's basically a massively online first person shooter. It was like one of the first console games that was like 63, um, uh, 63 or 62 uh, players in a PS2 game first-person shooter, which is great, but it was online only, and so when those servers went online, that game, you know, that game's dead, um, uh, and what have you. But even you know, weirder examples is stuff like Hitman, uh, the new Hitman, the current Hitman uh, that's out now. Uh, that first game has a very significant online component, even though it's not a multiplayer game. Um, I remember I had, I had a lot of frustrations, and it's actually documented on my very first stream of Hitman, where uh, when you're online, if you save the game, that save is classified as an online save, yeah, as it's backup, which is great. That's a nice functionality, but this, their servers could not handle the traffic on that first week of uh, of release, and so the servers went down. And I was like, okay, no problem, I'll keep playing. Uh, but when I it kicked me back to the main menu, and I was like, okay, I'll just reload my progress. It's like, no, you can't reload your progress because you're offline. And I was like, well, I wasn't even it, I wasn't even made aware that there were separate slots for on and offline. And so that's a kind of a scary you know, you know thought as well. If in if in a couple of years, you know, IO Interactive goes out of business and their servers go offline, is all your am I going to will they give me enough notice to go on my console? Resave all my stuff locally, you know. It's 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 dicey. It really is. And the, and the, the, mm. the really scary thing is there is no answer right now. Uh, we don't know uh, uh, if you know what kind of backups are in place for these companies. Do the do the the console manufacturers? Did they give enough of a shit to to put rules in place? God forbid we have people, you know, 
on the law side regulating it. It's, it's just very, very, um, very, very dicey. Uh, second part of the email here. I'm curious about when you uh, curious about how you rate the wrestling shows you watch. Reviewing the latest OTT show, you didn't have a lot of good say about most of the matches, but you still until you got to the last match, which you said was great, and you rated the entire show 4.5 stars. I don't believe that's correct, Scott. <laughs> uh, kind of like watching a Marvel superhero film and giving it four stars by saying the movie was terrible. But you like the stinger at the end? No, I don't think I said. The, I don't think I said the show was 4.5 stars. I think I said the the Devlin Walter match was uh, 4.5 which i think is still my rating i think i've watched it a couple of times yeah i didn't i wouldn't rate the whole show it's it's uh i think that's too hard a harder thing to do especially a show like that where it's it's gone for the buffet style of here's your little bit of comedy here's your brawl here's your six man here's your your epic main event that was the no i i didn't i would i didn't put a number on that show but um but yeah anyway it's by one mail from scott I also have an email from Scott McAvoy. He says, good evening, Joe. Since you started watching shows on the WWE Network, what have you been surprised at how good it was when you saw it? Any matches that stick out as having you think that was much better than I expected? Um, I've only really been watching the kind of old WCW stuff, which uh, I've been carrying on with, and I'll return to my reviews of that next week. Um, but n- nothing kind of unexpected, because it's, it's stuff I've got familiar with already. Uh, also, if you tried to go back and watch any of the early WCW slash WWF pay-per-views that aren't in high definition. I did that a few years ago and I was surprised at not only how bad some of the wrestling was, but how bad the video quality was. If you ever want to watch something that will make you want to wash your eyes with sand, that's not how you wash your eyes out, Scott. <laughs> You're doing it all wrong. You should use a designated eye wash. Um, try going back to an early ECW pay-per-view and just pay attention to how bad the camera work is. Um, I think yeah, you do notice that sometimes the the quality, well, it's still, to be honest, a lot better than the old kind of VHSs that I used to watch with these things. I think it's probably night and day, the, the digital quality versus that. Uh, and I think also because I used to watch a lot of this stuff as a kid, it kind of, it's not a shock to the system when you see it. It's kind of just, oh, that's the old, old wrestling used to look like. Um, I've not watched any of the really old stuff. I'd imagine if I watched something from like the 70s and 80s, I'd probably have that that kind of reaction um he finishes by saying slight oddball question what going out to eat place would you visit for a meal every day for the longest could you eat at a local pub every day for a month before getting tired of it is there a fast food place you could go for longer how many times could you go to the same place before you get tired of it have a great week um i think pubs a good shout especially if it was like a gastro pub with kind of a varied menu because uh, you could have something slightly different every day I think fast food, I'd get bored very quickly. Like when when I go for a McDonald's or something, it's like, and I haven't been for a while, it's like, oh, yes, McDonald's, this is awesome. But if I had it like three days in a row, I'd probably just feel disgusting. <laughs> I don't want it anymore. Um, so I could probably I could probably go to a pub for at least a couple of weeks before getting fed up with it, I think. That'd be my prediction. Um, yeah, that's Scott's email. Thanks for that, Scott. Right. Yeah. Move on to wrestling. Finally, let's do it. Yeah, there's enough of it. Uh, where do we want to start, gentlemen? Uh, do we want to do the little odds and ends of of non WWE shows before we get into the, the the big daddy of them all? Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. I watched. I watched the I big watched daddy of them all. That's the British. <laughs> 
the British version, yeah. I, I watch a lot of different shows, but there's not a whole lot worth talking about. But I will just say uh, Bloodsport um, was tremendous this year. I thought it was better than last year. I thought they got the, the concept down. Um, I thought it was um, a, a very cool, completely different thing, not only to everything else on WrestleMania weekend, but, um, but to everything kind of going on in wrestling in general. Uh, I thought it was tremendous, and I thought the main event was one of my favorite matches of the year so far, probably top three, uh, which was Minoru Suzuki versus Josh Barnett in just the meanest match you'd ever see. It was tremendous. Um, yeah, so if you didn't see this, this is the Game Changer Wrestling's kind of uh, shoot-style, UWFI kind of, you know, hard-hitting, grappling-focused show with the, with the no-ropes. Uh, did you take a watch? Did you, either of you see any of that? I watched uh, the whole show. Yeah, oh. I watched it. I watched it after. There you go. Going All three of us have watched it. <laughs> Twitter. Um, yeah, I, enjoyed, I thought it was fun. I wasn't quite as blown away by it as, as Barry was. He was having no. It's no surprise he hasn't wanked for a month because one <laughs> night, one night watching Bloodsport and he came about four times. I think. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He, was, he was having his own Bloodsport <laughs> by the end of it. I thought it was it was fun. Um, I, I I enjoyed it overall, but I'd say at times it was a little bit too much, like watching MMA for me. Um, which is obviously the most boring thing you could possibly do with your time. So, um, but yeah, I like I like the kind of mixing it up a bit, and I could see how you could have some kind of fun with that style. Uh, I enjoyed it as well. Um, I think I kind of fall more in Joe's kind of ballpark. Um, I thought at its best, like with the main event, and I thought the John Gresham match was very good as well. Um, I thought it kind of it worked really well, and it was a, like a, an exciting, different style. Uh, but I thought at its worst, it was just kind of clunky, boring chain wrestling. Oh, um, like some of the matches, I just thought this is this this is just bad. <laughs> like fair enough, it's exciting and and everything, but like I watched this not when it happened. I watched this retros retrospectively after. I think it was the day after I, I'd watched takeover like a blistering takeover show mm. and I, I did kind of have in the back of my head like ah, i kind of wish i was just watching the normal the normal wrestling match here because i think like um which match was it even i don't know it might have been well, the, the, the opener was kind of a mess well the opener especially was dreadful um i think phil baroni didn't quite get what this show was no. and he was treating it like <laughs> Joey Janela Spring Break or something. Um, I, d- I don't remember the card off the, top, off the top of my head, but some of the matches I just was like, this just isn't particularly fun or good. But overall, I thought the show was very good. I thought the main event was excellent, as you said as well. And a welcome uh, change, a, a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Uh, anything else for you, Joe, before we move on? Uh, no, I thought Phil Baroni was, yeah, he was, didn't exactly fit the tone but he was quite entertaining in terms of his um heel character oh and there was that one japanese deathmatch guy uh takeda oh man i ha- i have a room in my parents house that the walls have the same texture as that that's skin oh, oh. yeah oh yeah he's and he's and the funny thing is like 
when they announced that match, I like John Gresham a lot, and I'd heard a lot about this guy. This is my first time seeing him, and I was like, "That's kind of weird—a deathmatch guy against John Gresham on a on a kind of grapple focus show." But apparently, he's a fucking MMA background, and and that was obvious from the match. He was taking Gresham down. He was flying all over him like he was Kurt Angle. God, was, and then and then he got busted open and started throwing slaps. It was the greatest thing ever. Um, the one thing I would say about it was, especially because it's only the second show they've done is they spend so much time at the beginning setting up, like, the rules. Um, I think you, you almost have to go a few shows without breaking the rules, you know? Whereas in this one, yeah. like, already in the main event, they were hitting each other with chairs and hitting the ref and brawling on the outside. I was like, on your second show. Yeah. The, um, so the style is, is identical, more or less, to uh, Ambition, which is done over 16-carat weekend. So, mm. And those two shows have been the highlights of my, my, two, my two trips to Germany. And on those shows, I mean, it is, like, really strictly enforced. And I think in the two years I've gone, I, th- I think I saw one kick while someone was in the ropes. And they, like, stopped the match and everything. Again, because they're going for that sports-like presentation. They treat it like a foul, you know. It's... Yeah. it's Mm. Where, whereas this is kind of you also had a weirder cast of characters on this this is like the land of the misfit toys with Killer Cross and fucking Suzuki and Takeda and everything it's I think the wild. Killer Cross match was one that I didn't really think was that good I liked well I, no the Davy Boy match was very good I must say but yeah, like, Killer Boy Cross was, himself I, I didn't think was very good well no I thought, I just thought he was alright yeah Davy Boy kind of stole the show on that one yeah Back on Barodi, I think the interesting thing about Barodi was that everyone else on this show was playing MMA fighter, and he like, is an MMA fighter who came off as the. the he, but he was like, he was like, he got asked to do pro wrestling, so he's like, oh, I'll go out and act coked up and do sucking yeah. tons. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? And, and so yeah. he was playing pro wrestler. Um, also, uh, I love the idea on paper, but like Mir and Severed was like shite. Um, yeah. And, they ended it early because they had to, because one of them was shy and one of them was I didn't even love the Tim Thatcher match, to be fair. Oh, I love the Tim I Thatcher didn't match. Even love Tim that Thatcher's match like, he's like the epitome of this style in that it's 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 just not gonna wash with everyone. Mm. Um right but yeah, it's like I said, it's at least a, it's not something as much as I've enjoyed this and I enjoy ambition every year, I don't know if it's something I'd watch every week. I will say that. I like it as a couple yeah. of times a year. Uh, freak shows the wrong word, but just complete one-off. Yeah, just, an event you know. show. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we'll move on to the other game changer uh, wrestling show of the weekend, or shows rather, which was the uh, Joey Janela's Spring Break nights one and two. Uh, I watched both these shows, including all ninety minutes of the greatest clusterfuck, which was just the wildest shit ever. I suppose we'll stick with night one. I thought night one was just an incredible, incredible indie wrestling show. I thought it was funny. I thought the crowd were electric. There was a multi-man scramble that was just incredible. It was like watching peak PWG or something. Uh, they had the the no-leg stuff, which was fantastic. And then they had the wild deathmatch main event. Joe, did you did you watch either of these shows? Oh, yeah, of course. Both of them. This was... This is the show I was looking forward to more than any other of WrestleMania weekend. Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did think, and I, I think I mentioned this online, but um, having over two nights, I didn't didn't diminish it that much, but I did lose a little bit something of something. Maybe it became a little bit more bloated uh, having the more time. 
Um, but again, I still really enjoyed both both uh, both shows. Uh, the first one, my first time seeing Marco stunt Russell, uh, that was that was something to behold. Um, kind of makes me think it's not too late for me uh, yeah. to turn pro. Maybe I don't know. Um, but yeah, that, I really enjoyed that match. Actually, the stunt Janela match. I mean, it wasn't a technical classic, but I thought it was actually a very good match. Uh, as you say, the no legs match at first, very kind of uncomfortable. Um, but then you think, actually, this guy's pretty good. He clearly knows what he's doing. He's clearly can wrestle a bit. Um, so I thought that was actually really cool um, to kind of include someone, uh, you know, with disability on a show like this. And it's, it's kind of to, to get over that kind of squeamishness of, of seeing someone who's, who has a disability was actually really cool. And actually, you know, really good spots in that as well. Yeah, scramble match was good. How, how great was Tony Deppin against uh, uh, No Legs? He's great little shit. Oh, he's a great hit. He is the exact opposite of the cool heel. He is the uncool heel. He is what a heel should be. Just oh, he's looks, fantastic. Looks shit. Looks acts like an arsehole. He's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. He's, oh, he's great. He's what he's should great. Be. He he popped up in some other show. I I was like I the, I only watched the only full shows I watched. I think were the WWE stuff and the Game Changer stuff. But I was cherry picking little matches here. That he showed up a couple of other places. The weekend. God, he, he was great. He's great. Yeah, he was good. Um, yeah, so much was good. Nick Gage, Atani. Uh, this was all right. It was a bit just there. Yeah, it's kind of a bit slow. Uh, invisible. It's all aura, you know, and that's that's fine. Yeah. But it's all aura. Yeah, I like I do like Nick Gage. He's got he's got he kind of reminds me of New Jack. He's got that yeah. actually violent, <laughs> real life violent. I wouldn't want to be in the same arena as this man kind of vibe. Um, yeah, Invisible Man uh, versus Invisible Stan. That was oh, fantastic. I forgot about that. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Best best brother versus brother match since Brett Owen for me. <laughs> it was. <laughs> just, just really funny. Didn't overstay its welcome. It was, it was kind of just, just long enough. I think uh, with some very funny spots. I think if they had more budget for like advanced props, they probably could have done a few more kind of fun things with it. But what they did was actually really good. And Bryce Remsburg puts on a really uh, kind of pantomime-worthy performance. Uh, yeah. Well, and night one then. So, uh, Takamishinoku defeated Orange Cassidy. So this was fun. I hadn't seen Orange Cassidy before. I, d- I don't feel like I entirely understand the gimmick. Still, he's the guy. Is who it just keeps he, his hands he, he just pockets. keeps his hands in his pockets? Is that it? Is that the <laughs> pretty much? Yeah. Extent of it. Okay. Cool. Well, I guess I got it then. Uh, yeah, that was quite funny. Uh, Tucker's Tucker's really good. Then, Vir- yeah, it was a little Virgil cameo. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get I didn't get that. That was over my head. Quite the um, attractive looking bodies. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, and then a really, uh, really disgusting death match. Yeah. Um, the I mean the the scissor spot. My jeez. Oh, you could kill someone doing that. That's really horrible. What happened? Uh, so basically, it was Jimmy Lloyd who's like. Um, GCW's guy, you know, their their deathmatch guy, okay. uh, versus Takeda from the Bloodsport show, who is the the world's deathmatch guy. He's like the him. he's the guy in Japan, basically, which is evident from looking at him. Obviously, he's got skin like uh, Rice Krispies. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he looks like somebody bought him at a bake sale. Um, uh, so they're having this death match. There's light tubes. There's all kinds of grotesque shit. Um, and basically, one of the weapons they pull out and it, it is a scissor board. And basically, it's scissors, but they're stretched out into, like, you know, if you were to stretch the two ha- finger holes yeah, as, yeah. as far as you could. So as open so the, as they could be, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so basically in the shape of an X, and, and they're taped to this board, like a barbed wire board Foley would use. And he puts it up against uh, Lloyd, who's uh, sitting prone in the corner in, like, Bronco Buster position. And Takeda runs into him and knees the board into him. The board goes flying, and the scissors are just, like, stuck in his throat, basically. Oh, yeah. God. Um, and he he kind of, like, feels them that, that they're on him, and he goes to swipe them away from him. But as he's swiping, he realizes, no, they're not on me. They're, like, in my neck, basically. Oh, now, it was, it was a pretty shallow wound. It was not like he was bludgeoned. But yeah. <laughs> the point was that he could have been. It was pretty terrifying. Um, um, and he, I mean, he kept going. He just finished the match, and he was fine. But Jesus, I mean, I wouldn't be in a rush to do that again on a show. I'll say that much. Um, yeah, I'm not a great fan of the death match. As much as I enjoy, I'll happily watch, you know, Saw or one of these kind of gore fest movies. They're not real. <laughs> See, I like it, I like a nice tame Angel Cruz death match. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we yeah we we wondered why didn't they go the whole hog in that match? It's like, <laughs> well. I don't think I needed to see. I wouldn't. I don't know if I would have been able to handle seeing this live. Uh, I watch. I didn't watch. This, I didn't watch this show live. I went in um, having heard about this spot and actually seeing a gif of it before I watched the show. So I, I could at least watch it comfortably, knowing that he didn't die. I probably would have passed out if I saw this live, not knowing what happened. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so and then then the, yeah, that match was great. It was. I. I you, got, you kind of got the vibe. It was only like ten minutes. You got the vibe that it was the the. the the deal here was, hey, here's Takeda doing a death match. That's all you really needed. Hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, that was night one. Uh, then night two, I uh, had Joey Jell open again against Jungle Boy. Uh, again, my first time seeing Jungle Boy. I thought he was he was pretty good. Uh, yeah. Good, good little wrestler. Um, dream match, dream tag team match, LAX against the Rock and Roll Express. Oh, uh, my goodness. Which was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun, and then on a, on a weekend full of great feel-good moments, um, uh, the um, Rock and Roll Express got on the mic and, and, and thanked uh, uh, LAX and thanked Game Changer, and then LAX got on the mic, I think it was uh, uh, Santana, and he, he said um, that they didn't know what it meant to these two little kids from Puerto Rico who watched them 20 years ago on TV and decided they want to be wrestlers and he got a little choked up on the mic. Um, and and they, they exchanged hugs and, and the Rock and Roll Express gave them their bandanas, wrapped their bandanas around LAX's arm and it was a lovely little moment and it was genuinely quite nice. Yeah, this was wonderful. Uh, Ricky Morton out there doing, a first of all, dive through the roads and then a Canadian destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What it was a hell of a performance. It was great. And again, and the crowd were loving it. The crowd cut them a lot of slack, you know, and and then when they they did their few things, they went crazy for it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that was brilliant. Uh, Next match, LA Park versus Tanaka. Uh, This was a little bit boring. I mean, it wasn't bad, but I'd say the difference is you look at the Rockwell Express, they're like 60-odd. And they come out and do all this mad shit and you pop for it because it's like, fuck, 
Look, they're at this age and they can still do this shit. Whereas Park and Tanaka aren't quite that old. So it's not like, oh, they can still do it. They're just at the age where they're just not as good as they were, but not yet old enough to get the nostalgic or kind of old man pop. Um, so it was fine. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, neither of them are kind of great sort of guys are going to work the crowd either. Like LA Park's got you know, covered head to toe and Tanaka's not exactly the kind of, you know, got the facials or anything. But yeah, it was fine. And was that the what it was? What else is there before the clusterfuck? Uh, I think that was it. Yeah, then it was the big uh, clusterfuck battle royal, which was ninety minutes long, and I think they said like had sixty entrants. Although some of those entrants were tag teams. Yeah, it must have been seventy odd people. Um, it was bizarre. I wasn't sorry I watched it. I'll say that much because I thought it was for for what it was it was they had a they had a pretty great roster of they had like indie superstars and surprise names like crime time were in there and yeah. then they kind of had your GCW roster and your deathmatch indie guys it's like okay i don't know who these people are but that's fine uh, and it waned a little bit in the middle and then they picked it up a little bit towards the end but it was a, a surreal experience i enjoyed necro butcher was in it god bless him he was fairly shite at one point um well he was always shite to be fair well yeah but he didn't even do anything cool um, like it hit, it get bludgeined. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, a scissor to the throat, or whatever they do these days. Scissors to the throat, whatever. Oh, you're not going to even not... Canadian destroyer. Come on, Canadian destroyer. Yeah. At one point, he like Kurt Stallion, who's an indie guy. He was like uh, going to the top rope to to do something, and it looked like there was a little bit of mis- miscommunication because Necro was walking towards the same corner, and so Necro they didn't they didn't have a, have a little uh, uh, you know oh Necro gave him a move and he fell backwards. Necro just put his hand out like, no, no, I'm going to this corner. I'm going to this corner. And Kurt Stallion just said, uh, sort of awkwardly just kind of stumbled in another direction and did a spot with someone else. And I was like, okay, let's see what Necro does in the, in the corner. He just kind of sat there. He was a bit gassed. He, <laughs> he wanted to just lean in. He couldn't be asked going to the other corner when he saw a guy going to do a spot. He's like, no, I'm having this. I'm older than you. Uh, yeah. Also, what was funny is it was, it was over the top battle royal, but there was a spot in the middle where, like, literally everyone in the match did dives, and they didn't count them as elimination because it was like there's like, oh, who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun at at, at points, but it did God, God it did go on a bit. Um, pop for a few people. Cro- seeing crime time was funny, and how bloody big they are as well. God, no wonder. <laughs> Like even JTG, who I, I didn't think he was that big, he towered over everyone in this match. He was enormous. Um, yeah, that was fun. And then there was a few other kind of fun. I can't remember who else was in it now. Crowbar showed up. Um, oh, NWS Sting. That was that was funny. That yeah, was quite, was... The, quite the get. Uh, yeah, then it ended when all the all the women ran in and um, took out Janella. Yeah, that was a. Yeah, that was an interesting one. Because um, they were kind of doing an angle where they weren't booked. And they were doing a Twitter thing where they were like, Janela's a sexist. And, and it, they, you didn't think anything would come of it, but then they came out and they... It's funny, one thing I will say, it's a good thing that the show was so entertaining because they had a 90-minute match that they didn't have a finish. Because <laughs> um, cause Martina and Sue Young and Maria Manic and all these people just came out trashed the ring and beat up Janela. I like that they Janela wasn't in the match, but they went into the locker room and pulled him out in his jocks. 
um, and and uh, beat him off. That was that, that was a, an interesting finish. I, I appreciated that. Um, yeah, it was more like a kind of yeah. a piece of exhibition art than a wrestling match. It really was. I mean, this whole this whole spring break thing. I mean, it really felt like the most subversive kind of great wrestling, but also kind of we're just we're making a weird performance thing about wrestling. Yeah. I mean, the Invisible Man match was not only was it wacky, but it was very much playing on the tropes of wrestling, like the. Yeah. The suplex out of the balcony with the refs falling over like they're catching them and stuff like that. It was all very knowing. It only worked because the fans knew the references. Yeah, and they uh, played their part in it. But it's great. I mean, that's what makes these shows great. Game Changer are... Uh, they're clever. They, they they know how to how to put on a, a great show. Yeah. Um, and that, that concludes their portion of the weekend. It was a home run for them as, as it was last year. Uh, who watched what from the New Japan show? I watched the whole thing. Uh, I kind of fast-forwarded through the shit bits. So basically the Ring of Honor bits. Uh, <laughs> so so kind, of, kind of watched the whole thing, but not, not fully. Uh, yeah, the, the, the ROH stuff sucked. Uh, it was like aggressively turning me off against watching their shows in the... Uh, in the future, with between mm. some of the finishes they booked, the quality of the women's match was just horrendous. They debuted the beautiful people, which was horrendous. Um, they, uh, had, they, did uh, like... they had Kenny King throw out Jushin Liger and the Great Muta to end the Battle Royal, which is essentially the death of wrestling, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, they had yeah Muta and and um, and Liger were like you. You thought they were the last two in. Um, in, in the in the rumble and, and Kenny King came out and won and just got it was just bad decision after bad decision. Um, the New Japan stuff was 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 pretty good. I, I didn't really I didn't hate the main event, but I, I it was kind of your typical long Okada main event, and I kind of wasn't really in the mood for it after the show that came before it. Um, but it was it was it certainly wasn't bad. Um, I was shocked at how boring the ladder match was. Um, I I skipped that. I don't even like ladder matches most of the time. So I like that shit. I like ladder matches, and I usually am uh, 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 sympathetic to three ways, and I like Marty Scarlet. I think Jay Lethal's all right. And then I was like, Taven, well, Taven could be a body in the ladder match. That's fine. God, it was boring. It was boring, and, and it kept going. And then Matt Taven won. I was like, what is happening on this show? And this is after they also had like an ECW like tribute match, ostensibly an ECW tribute match with Bully Ray in a six-man tag. Oh, oh. Uh, God, that went on forever. It was just, it was just, all, the, everything that was Ring of Honor was was kind of a mess on this. Um, you know, the, the the junior three-way was fantastic, and the, the ROH and New Japan heavyweight tag titles was good. You know, it was, it was a very mixed bag. I thought, I think you made the right call by, um, by, by just watching the... Yeah, the, I mean, if you watch the New Japan stuff was your typical high-quality New Japan stuff. And the Ring of it's, ah, I mean, I've never really been a fan of Ring of Honor, but I, I would obviously not be tempted by this stuff. Like Matt Matt Taven versus Kenny King is their title feud. What? Yeah, that's the Who? that was the big angle. Yeah. Shite. And and the 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 worst thing. Not only do they bring in Enzo and Cass, they then do a worked shoot angle. Oh, on a, God. On, a new, on a New Japan show. 
Yeah, and it went on forever. Oh, my God. And it just kept going and going and going. And it was like the next match was the Tanahashi match. So everyone was – all anyone yeah. would talk about when the ma- that match was starting was Enzo and Cass. I was like, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, yeah, so they, they shot themselves in the foot. Um, uh, they, big just, they disgraced Madison Square Garden. That's essentially it. The yeah, I mean – wrestling. Yeah, it's like it's like the funny thing is as well is that like the whole thing was sold on the New Japan stars anyway. I mean, you have to wonder yeah. how much longer it's going to continue with this charade of pretending they need Ring of Honor. Um, but uh, so far they've stuck with them, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, that show that that show was like the disappointment of the weekend for me, especially with with WrestleMania mostly being all right. It was like that show yeah. was a was a bummer. Uh, will we get to the WWE presentations from the weekend? Yeah, I don't think I saw anything else. Uh, I just watched the... Uh, it's not really a WrestleMania week thing, but I watched the um, Angel Cruisers behind-the-scenes documentary. How is that? I haven't got to that yet. It's very fun and very funny, as you would expect it to be. Uh, great stuff from the two lads. And very funny look at how they make those entrance videos what people talk about. Yeah, definitely worth a watch. And if you don't have... a OTT on demand subscription, very worth it. Along with uh, the good they, shows they do. They said uh, more more of that stuff coming soon, which is uh, good. good. I think they might. Need, I think they probably have to pad out stuff on the service in light of not having a whole lot of shows. Yeah. So WrestleMania three quickly announced as well. Uh, another Sunday in Tala, so it'll have to be something good to entice me along this time. I think. I imagine it will be. Uh, if they're doing that venue again, which is a decent size, and they're call- you know they're calling it Wrestle Rama, I would say, and they're announcing it. They announced it three months ahead of time, which for and, them well, tickets are tickets are on sale on Friday, so they have yeah a couple of days to announce some stuff. Uh, yeah, I hate when they announce tickets are coming up and they have a like. I'm sure they will announce before Friday, but I announce the names like I, I want it to be the good bit of advance like come on but anyway that's that's splitting hairs and they and they also said the stadium they gave a stadium date for October for the fifth yeah. anniversary so they're they're that, doing so. the best with the, the with the limitations they have I know I know but I just to me like again a su- a Sunday show so far out of the way it's like the last one was so kind of painful towards the end like an hour well take me two hours to get home after it was like too much. But we'll see. I also hope I hope they structure this show uh, better. Well, time. the last one was out of their control to an extent. So it was, but but I also think that cage doing the cage really makes it even more awkward. True. Um. So, but I but I don't imagine they'll do that again. But anyway. anyway. Uh, yeah. So, uh, who watched the Hall of Fame? I couldn't be arsed, although I saw that <laughs> I saw several angles of that guy attacking Bret Hart. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I watched this up fast forward. Yeah, well, actually, Brett spoke at normal speed when you had it on fast forward. Oh, so that was Christ. handy. Ooh, too soon. Um, yeah, the funny thing is, everyone inducted it was already in there. <laughs> Brett's already in there. Booker T's already in there. Uh, was, someone else was already in there. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels was already in there. Oh, God. The... the you know they've gone a bit heavy in previous years. They're now just re-inducting everyone who's already in there. Yeah, um, yeah most of it was shy. Um, the DX thing, I watched it, but God, they're so fucking 
pleased with themselves, aren't they? Triple yeah, I, <laughs> I was watching. I was watching New Japan when this was happening, and obviously some people were watching that, and some people were watching Hall of Fame, and so I was just looking at Twitter, and I was like, "Oh, DX are coming out." And then, like, uh, I believe seven matches passed on the New Japan show, and I looked back at Twitter, and I was like, Triple H is still talking, apparently. Um, and I was like, I haven't gone back and watched this, because it just sounded like he just talked for an age, and I, I couldn't give less of a shit about him waffling on. I'm kind of surprised he let this be his first induction. Like, going in as one of the guys in DX, rather than going in as Triple H. Yeah, maybe he thinks that's a bit more... You know, if he can't really let him be put in, you know, by his father-in-law. <laughs> it would be a bit awkward. So maybe going in uh, as a group is a bit way to soften that. Um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, they, oh, God. I mean, they were kind of fun, a few funny bits, but most of it is just, oh, God, these old lads going, doing the old gags. Jesus, the water pistols and all that. Oh, God. Anyway. Uh what else yeah so that was the uh that was the hall of fame what a busy night that was that that was the thing about this media weekend was there was so much shit going on at the same time mm. hall of fame and, and new japan at the same time and then janela's thing started after the the second night of his thing started after new japan there was so much going on which actually resulted him in the opener looking directly at the camera and saying fuck you okada and your hour-long match because he was waiting for that show to end so he could start yeah. his own that's pretty good um uh, so NXT, I don't, I don't even feel like I really necessarily have a whole load to say about NXT. It was another great it NXT was show. Fucking brilliant! Yeah, every match um, was a banger. Every one. I think yeah. I think it's probably my favorite takeover of them all. Say which? I think it's probably my favorite takeover they've done so far. Oh uh, yeah, I I actually think so as well. I think it was um, probably one of the most consistent cards, top to bottom, ever. Um, and I would say it had one of the best openers in company history. That's funny because Joe mentioned, um, like, after he watched the original, the original, the opening match, um, like, what a great match. How, yeah. <laughs> how can it get any better? Now, it's funny because nearly everyone I've spoken to uh, has had, like, a different favorite match from it. And I think that just goes to show yeah. the strength of the show. Like, like Joe, you said your favorite match was the, um, the, opener, the yeah. opening match. I think my favorite was probably... Walter Pete on. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Interesting. See, now I'm I'm interested in that because I feel like I saw a lot of people who liked that match. I saw a lot of Europeans who felt like it maybe under delivered based on their expectations of what they wanted, and I saw people not overly sold on Walter's debut performance, which I think was fair. I I thought he was. Um, I don't know. I feel like he was doing the greatest hits, and I feel like he was somewhat nervously doing them. Like he wasn't. I I, I thought it kind of started slowly, but that it built eventually into a kind of a full on, a full on banger. Like, not to reference this match all the time, but a little bit like Kurt Angle and Undertaker from No Way Out two thousand six. That it started slowly, but by the end, I was like fully in on it, and I was loving it. But like all the matches are great. Even like, not say it like dismissively, but the women's match was excellent. I thought. I thought Walter looked like he was shitting himself when he came out. To be honest, I was looking at his face and he just looked like he was about to read out something at school assembly. He looked really <laughs> nervous, like, and because normally when I, I haven't seen much Walter, but when he comes out, he's got that kind of imperious, like, 
almost like a Nazi officer <laughs> sort of look where he's like sneering. But he looked really, he was like he was swallowing hard like when he, when he came out, really nervous. Um, then his, I guess his performance was good. I just wasn't that into that match. Um, I don't really like the finger stuff. Um, I think it's a bit, bit, Pete needs to kind of put that away now. It's been a bit overdone. Um, that's probably my least favorite match. Which is there you go, there you go. I think that's you loved it, it. and yeah, it's great. There's something for everyone to take over. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably say least favorite as well. And it it was, it was definitely great despite having reservations about it. I mean, it was still fantastic. I think part of the problem, and this is definitely a problem for that US audience, is that they can make all the graphics they want about his historic reign, but like he didn't do anything of any real consequence on that show Mm -hmm. or on, on that reign. Um, he defended it on a show no one watched. I, I was shocked at the lack of defenses on indies. I thought he would have defended it in Progress and uh, and ICW and places like that. But no, he just defended it on NXT UK and nobody watches that. And matches like the... the house at, at house shows and stuff. But like the coffee match was kind of a bomb. And, you know, it, it was... Uh, you know, so I, I think it's not like, you know, CM Punk's reign got ended. You know, it was it's a very different beast. But... Uh, but yeah, they were certainly two good matches for sure. Um, what else did we have? We had Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream. Yeah, this was good. This was a lot of fun. This was it was great to see Riddle a bit more aggressive in this one. I, I thought I was kind of surprised this early in his run that they did that because he was kind of the he was kind of the heel in this match, which I wasn't expecting. But I thought it was a, a great fit for the two of them. Yeah, it was, I think they blended. They're very different styles. I think they blended it well, uh, and it, it was difficult one because I enjoyed the first match so much. That it was t- starting off, kind of following that was was tough. But I thought they really, really worked well. Kind of brought it around, and, and Dream is it's really kind of an interesting character. And uh, Dream retained as well, so he rolls yeah. on. Um. Do, with the women's four-way, which um, uh, was uh, Kyrie Zane, Bianca Belair, uh, Io Shirai, and Kyrie Zane. Uh, all action, great four-way. Uh, it simultaneously feels like they've done everything they can do with Shayna, but also I don't want her to lose. So I'm in, I'm in mm. two points about that because I just think she's the best. Um and I, I kind of feel like it doesn't really feel like it's either of, of the... Uh, of It definitely doesn't feel like it's Bianca Belair's moment, not yet. Um, and I feel like of, of the two Japanese stars, I, something about it, I think I, I think I just prefer them in the chase. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the match a whole lot, though. Just just great action. Yeah, it was good. I would have probably preferred a singles match from two of those four. Because mm-hmm. I, I just, the four-way match, it gets a bit... You know, you're adding more more variables. It gets a bit more complicated, and I think that sometimes can harm the match, uh, depending on who's in it. But yeah, that was pretty, that was good as well. Did enjoy that. Another good Basler match. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that brings us to the main event, which um... little Kushida in the crowd as well. Oh, Kushida was in the crowd. Uh, by the way, so this is... Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm an idiot for bringing this up on air, making a fool of myself. I was uh, I had some friends, some wrestling fan friends down in Limerick on, on Saturday, and I said this to them, and they thought I was a buffoon. Did you know that when they cut to wrestlers 
in the crowd at TakeOver that they just hobble out for that spot, do the spot, and then leave. I knew that, yeah. Yes. Okay, so the main event was... Uh, <laughs> do you think, wait, do you think they, they sit in the crowd the entire show? Yep, so the main event was... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Event. Oh, dear. I mean, on, haven't you seen, like, on Matt Riddle? Have you seen, Matt Riddle have you seen stuff? wrestling before? Oh, Barry. It's <laughs> because <sighs> uh, someone on Twitter posted a video of Edge and Beth Phoenix shuffling off afterwards, and I was like, okay. Um, anyway, I had a main event Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. And what can you say other than. They had, like, the greatest closing stretch in, like, WWE history with, like, probably one of the most sustained bits of crowd heat in, in company history. They, they, the entire last five minutes of this was just deafening crowd roaring. Um, and it was, it was magic. I, I had some reservations about the match. I thought it was long. Um, uh, I thought the first two falls did not feel entirely consequential. Um, uh, but that's like small fry stuff relative to the, uh, the success of this match. I thought. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah. I like Adam Cole a lot. I'm not a big Johnny Gargano fan. Just kind of don't get that. But, and uh, I felt the only problem with it, and you can see the announcers with, telegraphing this really early by saying oh this could be a marathon or this could this is probably going to go really long you know like why it could be five minutes long why are you telegraphing True. this gonna be a long match and it's like it, that kind of and this happens in a lot of the nxt matches where they all feel this need to be the kind of the epic match uh, and i think that's the only slight downside of of the takeovers where you have the five matches in a row there are all these kind of epic matches where you have the big you know, the two wrestlers talking to each other and uh, smashing them over the head or something. You know, it's sometimes it'd be nice just to have a quick, like, brawl in the crowd and a bit more craziness rather than every match being big epic. Yeah. Uh, but they did win me over in the final fall. It, that was so good. Well, like, the women's match was the shortest match on the show. And that, yeah. was, that was nearly 16 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, Gargano. Yeah, just... Just a slightly different style, even if it's depending on, regardless of the length. Like I would have liked if Walter and and Pete Dunne had had a bit more of a kind of hardcore style or match, or like a, a Lesnar style, you know, almost a squash match for for Walter would have been cool. Just to kind of vary the style a little bit. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't mind that a three fall match goes long. I mean, that nearly plays into the logic of like if one fall is X length, then three falls should be even longer. But I agree that, you know, in two out of three falls matches, the first falls don't really matter anyway. So, mm. uh, so why do it at all? But, um, yeah, this was one kind of like what Walter Pete done. That at the beginning, I was kind of like, I'm not sure that I'm really loving this. And as it went on and on, I got more and more into it. And yeah, towards the end, it was fantastic. Uh, I definitely prefer Johnny Gargano as a, as a baby face. I don't know why they turned him heel. I thought that was no. the dumbest move. Uh, and then Adam calls a very good heel. So the, the, the dynamic worked and it was uh, a great match, especially considering that the plans were kind of torn up and 
start from scratch when uh, when Champa got injured, and I like that he came out at the end as well. Um, for his little mm. reunion, mm. whatever. It's fine. Uh, so yeah. what a show! I was happy I stayed up for that. Yeah, big thumbs up. Big thumbs up. And then we had. And that brings us to the um, the the what, what did I call it earlier? The big daddy of them all. The big daddy of them all. WrestleMania uh, thirty-five. It's made 35. Did you two lads watch the pre-show? Well, I had it on. I did. I watched it. I also watched it again because it was because like, it started. That part started at a reasonable hour, and I was yeah. like, "Well, I'm here now, and I'm watching <laughs> this." Uh, I I am going to run to the, uh, the the little Barry's room if you guys want to talk about the pre-show matches. All right. Yeah, I I had to kind of mute whenever they went back to the panel, just because oh, I find little Sam things. Roberts and so. Fucking Pat McAfee. Yeah. Shit. Oh, God. Really bad. It was dreadful. Um, the match is Tony Nese defeated Buddy Murphy. What, what do you think of this one? It was fine. Yeah, it was fine. I, I think the crowd didn't totally buy into Tony Nese, which kind of hurt the reaction. Yeah. And then when he won, it was kind of a, a collective shrug of the shoulders. And... Yeah. I don't think it was. Same. It wasn't on par with the last few years, cruiserweight title matches at WrestleMania. I think it was probably the weakest one in a few years. Mm, yeah, and I think you didn't have anyone in there who was particularly kind of well known to the crowd or particularly kind of resonating with the crowd. No, especially because they did but, that like tournament with all the cruiserweights, and Tony Nese was such a, a weird pick to go with. Like, mm. I, I understand that he was like the hometown guy or whatever, but it just didn't translate at all. Yeah. Uh, also, Buddy Murphy's fucking enormous. I love the. So is Tony Nese. What? So is Tony Nese. Yeah, no, they're both. I like. It's hilarious that Vince. Uh, it's the muscliest cruiserweight match I this, ever saw. It's his cruiserweight division with he picks the two fucking biggest muscly men <laughs> to fight on the card. Like you got all these like 180 pound guys in the division, <laughs> and it's like. Uh, like that Buddy Murphy. Big pal. Um, so that was all right. Yeah, fine. I mean, Women. the thing with the um, pre-show, when they have the talking heads on, or like the, the panel, like, mm. have they ever convinced anyone to buy a show listening to whatever Jerry Lawler make jokes or Booker T. Come on, go <laughs> Like, it's it's just the most interminable, awful shite. And Sam, uh, Sam Roberts on as well with his little half afro. Oh, man. Uh, and his beard. Uh, and his little beard. Um, get him off TV as soon as possible. He's... Oh, and with Vince McMahon behind the show as well. I'm surprised he put someone as... Oh God! Let's say conventionally unattractive as Sam Roberts. Put them on TV, <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. Oh yeah. At least Pat Ma- Pat McAfee is like what I would so, call you know a, conven- a conventionally handsome man. He looks like a little Jack Swagger. Sam Roberts <laughs> looks like you know the kind of thing, kind of person that Vince McMahon would push into a locker or something. 
Oh, oh dear. Anyway. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, women's Battle Royal. Uh, uh, it was uh, <laughs> we're pretty bad. Women's <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> um, I don't even know what to say. Carmella won it. I thought it was bad. And I thought the finish was was awful, especially because Carmella's a baby face. Is she? And uh, Sarah Logan's a heel. Is she? Are they? They did it the wrong way round, Joe. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it wouldn't have made any sense from this. Sure, either. but Carmella came out later and did a dance with our truth. So. Yeah, but that annoyed me. So I assumed she was a heel. What a dumb. Yeah, because yeah. um, interesting collection of women. Uh, well, it was just all yeah. the women, and then Candice LeRae and Kyrie Sane. That was it. There were a couple of, yeah, in there. No like, Lacey I'd Evans describe. either, which is interesting. They obviously wanted to save her for Becky for the next day. Yeah, I don't know why. Why didn't they have her win it? That would have made as much sense. That's true. Um, well, she's she's very bad. It's probably maybe they know. Maybe they know the battle royal is shit. And they don't want to. I, I I don't get Lacey Evans. Tarnish her. Yeah. What do we have next? The revival against. Uh, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Yeah, the uh, heartwarming, the heartwarming towel. pity match. <laughs> um, yeah, I see people really going in on this. Like, oh, what great moments have on the pre-show. Did, did you care about this, Paul? When they won? No, no, I, I. Who cares? They are geeks. Could possibly care. The thing with Zach Ryder, especially. I mean, Kurt Hawkins. Let's be honest here. Uh, Kurt Hawkins has always been a geek. Mm. Zack Ryder had his thing like seven years ago at this stage. Um, yeah. And even when they had to win the Intercontinental title that one time, like even that felt like, come on now, we've, we're, we've been and gone on this lad. And then they do it again here. They give him the old, the little tag title win. But like no one, no, Zack Ryder is, is, uh, is a, an antique of a past era at this stage, you know, it's like mm. he was one of the last vestiges of superstars before the kind of indie takeover when NXT was rebranded. You know, he was one of those last guys yeah. who could kind of get over without necessarily having to be that good. Um, mm. But like I said, that era has come and gone and, I was actually, you know what I was doing the other day? I, was, I looked up the Big O on Twitter the other day, just out of interest. The Big O? Expecting somebody else. <laughs> That's still my favorite bit, that when he's dressed up John Cena. Um, yeah, he's still apparently working on the New York indie scene. Good for him. He's, he's got, he got a lot of mass on him. He's got even bigger than he was. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that tag uh, match was... was boring and nothing so they beat the revival um who won the titles what was it a month ago or so yeah after after having a good old moan about the state of the tag division. you think that was the rib we'll give them the belts and then yeah, lose it to the geek service <laughs> really yeah, well, <laughs> um yeah so i guess they're back to the, the merry-go-round we then had the, the men's battle royal mm. Braun Strowman come out all fucking ripped to shreds all of a sudden. 
he's in good shape. He got in good shape. Uh, and then the rest of it was garbage. Um, yeah, especially with the real. Saturday Night Live geeks, who I like. Fair enough, not sound ignorant, but I would consider you know I have a fairly all right understanding of like the names associated with SNL, and mm. I've never heard of these two, Michael Michael Che and Colin Jost. Ne- <laughs> I never heard the, of either. They do the news bit. Never heard of them. Uh, so that was completely over my head. Uh, then we're on to the show proper. Also annoying, they did this, basically the same finish for those two battle royals where they were hiding. Yeah. They came at the end and got eliminated. So. Luke Harper was back as well. He's extremely thin these days. Good for him. He's in very, very good shape. I hope they use him because he's, he's good and is in good shape. Yeah, they won't. No, too busy with uh, Zack Ryder and Jinder Mahal. Lars Anderson. Lars Anderson? Yeah. Who's that? <laughs> so, uh, you know, that bloke. An archer, according to Google. Um, oh, no. Is that his name? Lars, his Lars name? Sullivan, are you thinking about? Oh, Lars Sullivan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... I'll put money on this, right? He'll just be Lars within six months. <laughs> oh, six weeks. Wait till Vince Sullivan. You're just Lars now. Um, I hate surnames. God damn it. I'm just Vince. <laughs> um, funny enough, yeah, just Joe. He was, he was probably the first of those. What's, you're just Joe now. Um... So Alexa Bliss come out to open the show. Which, as far as I can tell, aside from two very short backstage segments, uh, was the entire her hosting WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. come out and she said, if you want a WrestleMania moment, all she has to do is snap her fingers. And then she snapped her fingers and out come old racist himself, Hulk Hogan. Uh, and he did the old you know purposely forget the name of the the uh, stadium. stadium like he did at Wrestlemania was it 30? yeah uh, and then he posed and, the... and then still got the name of the stadium he right? still got it wrong but don't worry about it Trust. Um, it's just uh, sad seeing it come out now because he even when he'd come out you know, before the whole tape thing, it was purely running on nostalgia fumes. Yeah. Now, ugh, nothing. Absolutely now nothing. it's like when you watch Usual Suspects again. But you know Kevin Spacey, a little bit of a diddler, isn't it? <laughs> you know, yeah. Not really enjoying this. Or, or, or more accurately, it's like when Kevin Spacey makes a video in his kitchen. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hello there. You may have thought you saw the last of me. Uh, well, I was hoping I had. Um, so Paul Heyman came out and they opened with Lesnar Rollins. Mm. Uh, which, here's the controversy. If, if you thought that me liking uh, Pete and Walter was controversial, I didn't really like this at all. Ooh. Um, I saw what? It, yeah. 
it just it just felt particular like really nothingy. Like they did the the typical Lesnar beatdown, threw him in the ring. Uh, Rollins like took took what a couple of suplexes. Rollins escaped. Ref bump, low blow, and three curb stomp. It was just like very matter of fact and very nothingy. And the fact that Rollins kind of had to cheat as well, to me, kind of undermined the whole beating Lesnar finally. Like, the fact that Lesnar's been the champ for so long, I think that ultimately the way to go was to have the babyface valiantly beat him mm. rather than to take a shortcut. But, listen, yeah. I'm not in charge, so whatever. I, li- I like the match, but I-, I can see those criticisms. I think that's fair. If they'd set it up somehow, it might have been alright, but it was a bit kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so that was... I, thought, I, I, enjoyed, I thought it was alright. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, d- I don't know if we'd got a good long Brock match, which is a shame because it does feel a bit of a cop-out not to have a good match, but it, rather this than some kind of tortuous 15 minute thing where Lesnar doesn't care where Lesnar does 27 German suplex at the Ambrose match yeah I mean to an extent it kind of felt as as much like Lesnar didn't care as the Ambrose match like he obviously didn't show it as much as he obviously did that match but mm. like again there wasn't much real action to dig your teeth into. It was just... Lesnar beat him up a bit. He hit the low blow, did three stomps, and that was it. I I know that's a very redundant way of talking about the match, but to me, that's kind of just what it felt like. Um, Like, I don't know. I feel like this match kind of is, is the match where you have the... like the, the Hogan-Andre slam, if you know what I mean. Like... Mm. Where where Rollins fights out of a Kimura or Rollins does it like a power move. Oh my god, he just power pumped Lesnar. Something big to kind of signify the end of Brock as the the universal champion for these months and months and months. Something aside from the pinfall obviously, just something else to signify kind of that he's he's finally been been turned over by someone. But anyway. Um as if blinding people with lights wasn't enough, Jerry Lawler came out to announce the AJ Styles Randy Orton match. Oh, yeah. What they Why did this? they... Yeah, what was with the new guest announcers every match? I don't know. That just presumably a new addition for... Some idea someone came up with. Yeah. I mean, Jerry Lawler was atrocious. Yeah, of course, yeah. It's the same da- dad jokes that take away from the match. Match is alright. Yeah, the match was alright. It was better than I yeah. thought it was going to be, in fact, because I... I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't as boring and tortuous as you sometimes fear with the Randy Orton match. Uh, it was, yeah. I'm surprised they wanted the forearm as well. I know that they kind of used that as a finish in the past, but it just kind of came out of nowhere. Um mm. Like I, fe- I, I, I was sure with Styles in there that they're gonna do a real crave RKO. Mm. Um, they that that would involve him winning, though, I guess. Yeah, well, not necessarily, but they didn't do it anyway, so it's not really worth talking about. Um, 
you had the SmackDown tag title match. Usos, Rusev, Nakamura, Ricochet, Black, Sheamus, Cesaro. Yeah, this Good. is fun. Great. Yeah. Yeah, fun. yeah, fun little match. Yeah, the giant swing on Ricochet just went on and on and on. <laughs> I think Ricochet might be the, per- the perfect swingy. Mm. Oh my god, it just kept going. Um, and then the Usos obviously got the win with their their double splash. I was kind of nearly hoping they were gonna go with um, go with Ricochet and Black just for like a a shock win for the two newbies, but yeah. Um, shocking how how much Rusev and Nakamura just kind of spinning the wheels at this stage, isn't it? Mm. Um, Seamus and still good. Seamus looking good these days as well. Yeah, looking trim. Looking trim. A lot of wrestlers looking trim around WrestleMania season, I must say. We're just talking mm. about Braun Strowman there as well. Tearing his shirt off going, look at these arms. Get these arms. Um, we had then Ms. Shane McMahon in a real fun time. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. This is like the pleasant surprise of the of the show, I think. Yeah. Favorite uh, spot is when Shane took the bump over the rail onto the top of the little buggy and <laughs> fell off it. Fell, off. <laughs> <laughs> fell like six feet to the concrete. Oh my god. I thought he was going to make that noise. <laughs> like and it's like, why was he taking that bump to begin with? Oh my God, what an idiot. <laughs> Good thing they didn't let him watch that scissor to the throat match or who knows what oh, he'd be fucking doing this lad. Oh my God. Um, yeah, a lot of, re- like, I think, Joe, you mentioned earlier that you, for NXT, you kind of want some, like, more maybe hardcore brawls whatever like i think this was the perfect kind of palate cleanser in the middle of like this super long show it's just a fun brawl with, with wacky moves yeah. and they fight all over yeah. the building yeah and a bit of a comedy thing with the dad <laughs> oh my god the dad that was funny oh when he got in oh my god that was great that's well played that's what you need a bit of silliness um Bit of serious. Uh yeah, I liked it. I liked all the spots in it. I liked the suplex at the end, obviously. Um although the crash pad, like like they do a lot of time. They kinda had this one shot where it was like real zoomed out. I was like, No, don't show that. <laughs> Showing the crash pad. Yeah. Um but look, it was fun and yeah, George Mazan and getting in there with his with his hands up was was good fun. Um mm. Yeah, I don't know how many more these Shane McMahon can do, but yeah, it was good fun. And well, uh, Vince was still going at about what sixty-two, something like that. <laughs> yeah, but he yeah. wasn't taking six-foot bumps onto concrete every night. Mm, it's true. Um, I mean, Shane's punches are so bad. <laughs> His punches are so bad. I don't know what we can do about them. Do we just have to accept that that's how it is? Yeah, oh, I mean, look how, look how long it's been. Oh, they're so bad. They're so bad, though. Um, then you had the very controversial, as of the week we're in, uh, women's tag team title match. 
Bailey and yes. Sasha Banks, Nia Jax, whose knees have apparently exploded, and Tamina. Yeah. Natalia and Beth Phoenix, and Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. So the Iconics won. The Iconics! The Iconics! Oh. Oh, yeah. boy. The, don't know how to wrestle. The thing is, is that they're both very funny, but they're not particularly good. No, that is the exact problem, yes. Um, oh, you call that a botch? This is a botch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see you played botchy botchy before. <laughs> Uh, the problem is that Nia Jax and Tamina are also not particularly good, nor are yeah. Natalia and Beth Phoenix. So, well, sorry, you know. Uh, well, Beth Phoenix hasn't had a match in about a decade. That's uh, true, but she was alright in this match. All that with that considered, yeah, she did the old glam slam after, after, or did she held your one up? Um, a lot of this match wasn't very good. Um, Given that it was a big Beth Phoenix return, they didn't really it didn't really lead anywhere. I know she did the big spot, but it wasn't like a you know you'd think they would win the titles or there'd be some some payoff to her return, but it was just she's back. They lost. You know what the funny thing is Next. about Natalia and Beth Phoenix? Is they obviously with the Heart Foundation going into the Hall of Fame, they did like the the heart attack spot. Right. But Natalia, when she hits the ropes, takes the smallest little steps. Because, I don't know, her body, the proportion of her, she's like very top heavy. So she got these little steps. I'd say, I'd say it took her about 20 steps to get across the ring. And it was just very silly looking. Silly looking heart attack. Um, and obviously, the word afterwards, the, uh, the scuttlebutt, is that Bailey and Sasha Banks were not happy about the title change. Yeah. Uh, look, <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, you have to know what you're signing up for, you know? Mm. So I don't know whether I, I'm i that sympathetic towards. Yeah, I, I just know. It's, kinda, it's like a story old as time at this stage. Teal is old as time. Mm, I think they were kind of spoiled with NXT. Because NXT actually has kind of good booking and <laughs> yeah, logical storyline you know people that are over and it's like then you leave high school and go to college and your mum's not there to do your laundry anymore <laughs> it's just it's exactly that it's to cook your own meals right then we have the best match of the show Daniel Bryan against Kofi Kingston for the old WWE <laughs> can you fucking believe it they did oh. they did the right thing. Yes. And it is in fact a new day. Yes, it's, it's a new is. day. Yes, so not only was the match fantastic, but yeah. I mean they set up this like feel good moment. And instead of going against it to get like, you know, quote unquote heat, they just gave you the feel good moment. They gave Kingston the title and it just was like the perfect timing for it and it was perfectly done. Mm. Yeah, and the match was just super. The match um, was really good. Daniel Bryan, the greatest of all time. Very possibly. Um, uh, just, just outrageously great match. Um, and it was like I watched it back, and I was like, when he's working over the ribs, and I knew what the second half of the match was, 
And it's like, of all the things for Daniel Bryan to work over, why would it be the ribs? And it was like, probably because he knew in a callback to the gauntlet match, if I'm in the late stages of this match and I start giving him the kicks to the chest that I do, he's going to start firing up and powering through the injured ribs and the crowd will go ballistic. Mm. And sure enough, that is precisely what happened. Um, God, it was fantastic. And yeah, the, like you said, the real star was, was, the, was Kofi and, and, and the story uh, of the match. And oh, God, Xavier and uh, Big E as well. God, their emotional reaction to the win. Legitimately special moments in wrestling, I thought. Yeah. I liked particularly their interview. I don't know if you guys have seen the interview they did backstage where Xavier's been interviewing. He kind of pauses for a moment because he's going to start tearing up. And Biggie's Biggie's on the show. Go, oh, crap. Come on. I want to see him. I want to see them tears fall down your face. Don't have him away. I want to see him. <laughs> so funny. Uh, Biggie, whose knee is also apparently exploded. A lot of exploding knees going on these days. Um. So he's out of action. But hopefully he'll be around anyways in a non-wrestling role. I don't know. This very of the injury. But yeah, this was kind of def- definitely the peak of the show. Um, because we yeah, had... Mo- sorry, we had after this just like an extremely short Samoa Joe Rey Mysterio um, mm-hmm. match. Presumably Mysterio's injury was precluding him from being able to wrestle but um this was the point at which at 3 15 on sunday night less than four hours before i'd have to get up for work i tapped out and said okay i have to go to bed i think that was fair apparently i picked the good time to go to bed (laughs) oh yeah yeah although that being said since having watched it, I actually quite liked a, a few of the things that were still to come after this. But, uh, um, well, you're wrong, anyway. <laughs> but I, uh, I, f- I feel like that was a good time for me to go to bed. I, as much as it was, you know, a great moment for Kofi Kingston as well. I was very pleased for Daniel Bryan as well. To he's had so many kind of crappy WrestleMania matches that were just kind of nothing. Um, so for him to to go out and now that he's back in his kind of second, yeah. uh, you know, Sean Sean Michaels esque uh, second career, and to go out and have the best match on the card and have such a good match is, is fantastic and, and great for Kofi as well. Brilliant match, yeah. And as you say, this was after this. I was like, actually, this has been pretty fun WrestleMania so far. You know, a few good matches, nothing too bad. This is great. You then look at the card. You still there? Joe? Hello? Sorry, you cut in there. Or you cut out, I should say. Oh, right now. Uh, yeah. So on, on to part two of the card. <laughs> uh, well, as you said, Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio had a really, really short, nothingy match. Yeah. Uh, which made Samoa Joe look real good, to be fair. But wasn't the match that you kind of hoped they would have had. Uh, and then somehow... Uh, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre had even less of a match. Yeah, I could I couldn't tell you one spot they did. I presume he did a spear at the end. Mm. I think <laughs> it was an indictment of Drew. Yeah, as a, a big heel, but also I think, and this is kind of the this is the awkward talking point. 
I think one of the big lessons from this is that I don't think it's plain sailing for Roman Reigns as a babyface just because he came back from, you know, nearly dying. Um, uh, I think it, it was pretty obvious here that the audience has reservations. That they still have reservations about getting behind him. As depressing as that is, I think that is just the reality of it. Mm. Um, and the match was also nothing special and short. So, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think the reaction going forward is going to be not to boo him out of politeness, but <laughs> you still need motivation to cheer and react for someone. But it's just still not there, really. We then had the Elias segment. Oh, I forgot about this. And now come the Doctor of Thugonomics, Joe oh, Cena. Great. Not the not the John Cena cameo I was expecting, but I was so happy with it. I enjoyed it a lot, but he looked so old. Yeah. Oh man, his little old face. Oh, chat. Um, it was very funny. It was uh, funny. Yeah, it was alright. And it's funny because, uh, almost like blood sport. I think like. This <laughs> is going. I think I, I, I think this works in kind of small doses. Oh, once a year. But yeah. if he did, like, it's funny because I feel like he's so much more charismatic doing this than his typical John Cena shtick. But if he did it all the time, I get sick of it real fast. So I think in little doses, you bring the doctor took a dumpix out. Yeah, it was very funny. And uh, did his moves and that was it. Um, no Undertaker on this show, by the way. Although he was Thank on Christ, Raw. Fuck him. He was on Raw. I wonder the fact that just to segue for a moment for the Raw after Mania, because I, I we don't need to spend much time talking about Raw or SmackDown because uh, nothing fucking happened. It was the 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 low the lowest key Raw and SmackDown after yeah. Mania in a long time. Yeah. Um, so I wonder, knowing that because they had brought up like Ricochet and those for some reason a month ago. Um, do, do you reckon they intentionally kept Undertaker off and put him on the Raw after Mania so that it would there would still be something to point to and say, "Oh, the Raw after Mania, anything can happen." Yeah, I don't think thought about that I, much. I have no idea because this is the first uh, Mania without Undertaker since like two thousand, I think. Yeah, which is strange. Coincidentally, it was great. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Um, yeah, Triple H Batista in the No House Barred match. I thought it was it was it wasn't great, but it was pretty fun for what it was. I don't know. I was so bored. It was so long. Oh my god! And it was there were bits of it that were all right, and Batista did take some bumps. And God, it's, it's, it was just a classic problem how how long WrestleMania is, and this match being positioned where it was. See, I wonder if my enjoyment of it versus your guys is the fact that I didn't watch it at hour seven of a show, but it was like the second match I watched of my little part two. No, I, I still would have hated it. Oh, fair enough. I just fucking hate Triple H, and I hate his uh, decade long. Uh, smoke and mirrors <laughs> that he's been using to put on these quote-unquote good matches. Uh, yeah. When in fact, I, th- I think he's had one good match at WrestleMania this decade, which was with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And the rest has just been the bollocks to, to cover it up, to cover up the fact that he can't really do good matches anymore. 
Um, yeah, I don't, oh, this was shite. <laughs> Batista. Batista, God bless him. He, he tried. Well, he's, uh, he's, game, he's but, not very good anymore, you know. is he? I mean, yeah. I, I think it's the, the, the time for him to retire. I mean, it's funny because we started our podcast. Like, it's funny because we did our Daniel Bryan retrospective when he retired the first time. But it's like, mm-hmm. Batista retired pretty much as we started our podcast. Yes, WrestleMania um, 26, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Batiste Style, I think, was the name of our first proper episode. That was when he was yes. in the midst of his feud mm. with John Cena there. Um, but yeah, I mean, for for as long as we've been doing this show, you can definitely see like the years. The road starts on Batiste. He's, he's getting a little saggier than he used to be. He's getting a little slower. He's getting a little more trippy over the ropesy. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's the, I, the fact that he retired afterwards, I think it was definitely the time to do. I I don't know how many more of these Batista, as nice as it was to see him back, these Batista kind of nostalgia matches. He's he doesn't really have it anymore. Probably better they don't do it anymore. Um, uh, and I was happy, you know, that they did the, their little stunt show rather than doing the typical twenty-five minute Triple H match where they just wrestle slowly. Um, so they did like bumps onto the announce tables, powerbomb onto the steps, sledgehammer spots, the little uh, pliers nose ring spot, which I think would have been really good had they not shown the referee doing the old Texas switch there with Triple H. Um, but mm. uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't hate. It. I thought it, for what it was, it was fine. Um, and let's not forget the most important part. Uh, Batista did the machine gun pose on his entrance. Of course he did, yeah. One last time. The one last time. He didn't do the point and the spotlight. He gave it the old machine guns. Which I Did you see did you see Xavier Woods reacting to that theme song? I did, yeah. It's fantastic. I mean that's what I'm gonna miss more than anything is the theme song. But we always have Spotify, don't we? Yeah. I listened to that song today on Spotify. <laughs> um We then had Baron Corbin, Kurt Angle in another match that was nothing. Another Four retirement minutes. match. Yeah. Yeah. And then Kurt Angle said goodbye after doing the job to Baron Corbin. Now, this to me feels like one of those like Fandango beat Chris Jericho matches where <laughs> we, we look back in years ago, Baron Corbin, remember him? And he like beat Kurt Angle in his last ever match. And now he works in Starbucks or something. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is kind of tragic because I think the sad thing about this is this happened and I was like, oh my god, that is such a non-event for the mm. retirement of one of the biggest stars of our era. But then I was like, when you really think about it, like he, he the simple fact is he couldn't have had anything better. Like the one thing he had to bust out was one last moonsault, and he did that. Like you know, if you maybe if you put him in there with Daniel Bryan, he could have had a better match. But I, even then, I think it would have been a struggle. You know, yeah, I still think Kurt Angle deserves more though. Like, fair enough. Yeah. If whatever last match he had wouldn't be good, you still give him like because he's Kurt Angle. You still give him ten minutes to go out with someone who could fucking wrestle. Yeah. You know, um, give him an angle. Give him something like that's just not a. This is just like a raw match with um, fucking. I was going to say Kurt Cobain, Baron Corbin. Um, it it just it was nothing. I thought the better to have 
don't do something. Undertaker's going to come out. Someone's going to come out to, to do something. But no, he just had a regular match, and it was bad. It's very sad. It's funny as well because this, uh, this might be a mute point, but like, what is Baron Corbin anymore? He still wrestles in like suit pants and a shirt. He's um, a bartender. <laughs> is that what he is? Because he used to be the little motorbike man. Uh, Bar Baron Corbin. And the, Bar Barman Corbin. <laughs> uh, they became the GM, and that's when he started dressing different. Now he just he just still does it. I don't know. Um. Uh, another nothing match here. <laughs> Bobby Lashley against the Demon, Finn Balor. Yeah, I don't know why. I I, I realized when the Demon came back that I didn't miss it at all. No. Um. I don't really have anything to say about this match. He beat. <laughs> he beat were like two minutes. Yeah. And it wasn't particularly good two minutes either. Um. Then they then our truth and Kamala come out and did a dance. Um Jesus Christ. Then you had the main event, the women's title match, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Ronda Rousey. What do you guys think of it? I thought disappointing. Yeah, one of the biggest disappointments coming out of WWE in forever. Wow. Uh, I thought the match was alright. But just all right. It felt like one of the. It felt like the classic overambitious Charlotte match. Right. Um, they had some cool ideas, and they were not connected in any kind of meaningful way. They were just doing spots. Like that's you know the one where Rousey took the the bump, the really nasty bump to the floor. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like they had, like that was an idea they came up with, but it was just it was they came up with various ideas like that, and they just they just kind of awkwardly stuck them together, and I thought. They really didn't book Becky as the top star she was supposed to be. I agree. Uh, because I mean, I made the point a few not to put myself over here for a minute, but I made the point a few weeks ago about like the story of the match being the conquering of Ronda Rousey and someone finally beating her. But it was kind of like a fluke, and especially yeah, yeah. because of the whole shoulder up fiasco, which fair enough probably wasn't intended. But even, even with the back, even with the crucifix, was like a fluke win. Yeah, it was like Becky beer per se it wasn't I, Daniel Bryan beating Orton and Batista was it no that it wasn't um, I quite liked the match that being said I, I thought it was kind of well paced and I thought one thing that was good about it for all its foibles was um, very very rarely was somebody kind of uh, in the wrong place or like a little slow getting back in the ring I feel like Whenever two of them would pair off and they kind of, you know, do their little spots and break up, the third person was like always ready to be there to pick it up, and that kind of kept the pace of the match fast. Um, and yeah, there were spots in there that were very, you know, very good. The Spanish Fly, obviously, the the bump that Ronda took that Barry referred to earlier. Uh, I even quite liked the uh, tables are for bitches. Like I, they got a little laugh at me. That was all right. Yeah, I liked that. I thought Ronda was good in this match. I think that's kind of the problem. I thought Ronda and Charlotte came off like the big stars. Like when, when Ronda said she chopped like a bitch, and so Charlotte slapped her in the face. And, and especially problematic of that was when Becky won, they were like, the commentators were just shouting and screaming about the shoulders beat up. And then they're like, never mind. Uh, good night, everyone. And then that was the end. <laughs> There was, yeah. there was no like celebration or like yeah. pyros and confetti and Becky did it and 
It was so was kind no of, of. It was no almost Im- immediately an Roman. afterthought. There's no moment of Roman going up the ramp with the fireworks going off. You know, no. um, it was very tepid. And it's like it's not just the finish. You know, she didn't beat Ronda properly. Is it like Becky didn't have like a cool spot where she? I was wondering. I didn't think. I didn't think. I don't know. It was like. I knew in my heart that they weren't. She wasn't going to blade on this show, but given her rise, I thought, "Is there any chance they'll have blood in this match for the one-off?" You know what I mean? Like I knew they wouldn't because they wanted their nice, clean images of Becky with the title in the next day's news. Um, but I was just like, "But something like something that's like her kicking someone's ass or powering up, or they might do the thing like the Daniel Bryan three-way where." They obliterate her through a table, and she's fighting back from that. Well, the problem yeah. is they kind of, they kind of did that already at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, I guess, but it's like, but this is the match. You but it's know? funny because yeah, they made no reference to that in the match itself. <laughs> you know, the whole the whole storyline was like, you can't be cleared for the match, Becky, and stuff. Mm. And then there was no mention of any of, any of that backstory. Or even references to it. I, I kind of yeah. I think the same the same problem I mentioned with the Rollins match was that there wasn't a big kind of spot for Becky to power powerbomb Rousey or put the submission on Rousey. Like yeah, there wasn't that big that well. I mean, she obviously had her in the, the armbar for a little while, but there wasn't that big moment for Becky in the match, as you said. Yeah. That being said, I still I still liked the match. It's still good, but uh, yeah, not not right? not, not the memorable maybe WrestleMania main main event it was expected to be. And as we said, then it went very quickly off the air, and then nothing happened on Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, I watched Raw. Unfortunately, <laughs> what a disappointment! God, it's the most boring three hours in television. Yeah, I didn't bother. Nothing, nothing to it. Just. Just no, and, and obviously you know, I mean the stars there as well. There's no Rousey, there's no Lesnar, uh, there's no Reigns. I don't think on Raw, no yeah. Daniel Bryan, no AJ, no you know. And no funnily else. enough, tonight is the uh, the first night of the Superstar Shakeup, but apparently travel issues mean that a lot of people aren't going to be on the show. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I wonder if they'll delay it or whatever but, I mean who cares <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently Dean Ambrose is at the arena for tonight's hour even though he was written out last week they might have to use him <laughs> well, yeah, he's, he's going he's to get shaken up to the dole office <laughs> shaken up back to CZW oh dear yeah. anyway there you go anyway, that is that is going to do it for our gargantuan Wrestlemania weekend review show I think we got a lot in there lads we got our guffs in we got lots of wrestling talk a little bumper edition of wrestling talk for you this week folks yeah. um, it only happens and, uh, once a year I, fuck it yeah, that's it yeah no more wrestling for the rest of 2019 um, so later on this week the lads will be back if they're around I guess to do a show without myself I'll be back in two weeks time yeah we'll do a show we'll uh, do a show uh, yeah. yeah, so you can go to chairshoppodcast.com if you want to email. Uh, you can go to chairshoppod on Twitter to follow along with updates for the show. I believe we have the clip of Julian from UTV posted on the Twitter. That's the type of thing you get on the Twitter at chairshoppod. Uh, and we'll be back next week. So until then, folks, goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. Goodbye from Joe Towner. See you later. And I am the CSP. It's goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. Goodbye.